Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into Sports Call here on a Monday, the Monday after Championship Week in the college football world, as well as some college basketball action over the weekend. I am Brooks Childress, sitting in the host chair for Mr. Ryan Lavoy this afternoon. Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry join me on the program as they uh, sit on the in the uh, in their chairs respectfully, as they do every single Monday here on Sports Call. I never sit in a chair respectfully around you. Okay, all right, that that you know that's fair, fair enough, fair take. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Lavoy out of the office today and tomorrow, so I am sitting in the host chair for him both of those days. And uh, we got a great show coming up for you this afternoon. Uh, we'll recap Auburn basketball's trip to Boone, North Carolina, with a, uh, a loss to the App State Mountaineers. We'll also chat about championship weekend and the college football playoff Final Four. Uh, I'm sure there's no shortage of uh, takes in not just the studio, but around the uh, Auburn Opelika area. Uh, on what happened uh, yesterday when the top four was revealed as well. Uh, so we'll get to everybody's take. We'll get to your phone calls on the uh, Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Give us a call 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to get in on the action. We're taking your phone calls all day long. Uh, big weekend of NFL action as well. The Falcons uh, now on a win streak. Uh, they won the last two. Uh, and they got a win over the Jets yesterday as they set their Woo. sights on the Buccaneers coming up this Sunday. That game was on our station. Uh, also, you've got a, a lot of other stuff to uh, to cover. Uh, the bowls were announced. Auburn's bowl destination has been announced. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, last Friday, we touched on it when it happened during the show, but uh, we'll continue to talk about Auburn flipping a five-star recruit from the Texas A&M Aggies to the Auburn Tigers, specifically from the wide receiver room. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, some... Whose name might be Cam Coleman, since you're just... Provide a, since you're just trickle feeding details, and then we'll also talk about the portal as the the transfer portal continues to uh, to rotate, and more and more quarterbacks jump in, and more and more news comes from out, more and more Auburn Tigers continue to jump into the portal. Uh, as tomorrow is the official day that the portal opens, December fifth is when uh, when everybody can officially enter the portal. Everybody's kind of declaring right now, but uh, we'll talk about all that coming up as well. As I mentioned, I'm Brooks Childress, uh, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry. We'll get to everybody's takes on the playoffs here in a moment but how was everybody's weekend my oh, mine was fine filled with a lot of football and uh yeah that's about it filled with football work did uh drove our fire engine in the uh auburn christmas parade yesterday so uh hopefully a lot of people if you were at the parade and you saw not the fire truck that santa claus was on but the fire truck that was <laughs> up ahead of it that was me driving Heck so yeah. uh, but uh yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, good weekend. A lot of sports to talk about, uh, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, Auburn, non-Auburn, college, pro, football, baseball. Uh, if you really want to talk about basketball, <laughs> you can probably talk some of that. But, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff to get to. 
Brant, your weekend. My weekend was also fine, also filled with sports and also filled with uh, outrage. And I, I, I had outrage. I, I'm less outraged about it. Um, we'll, we'll get into the playoff talk here in a minute. Um, basketball, basketball just looked bad. They just had a bad shooting day. That happens sometimes. You'd rather have a game like that in December than in March. So I, I don't certain. I certainly don't think that um, anything major. I, 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 I don't know. If this becomes a pattern, then yes, it's something major. If Auburn kind of regresses back to the norm of good shooting, then I, I think that we'll look back on this game and say, well, they learned how to play in a tough environment. Um, yeah, uh, we can, my weekend, though, was fine. Um, filled with a lot of it, – it's finals week, and I'm a student at Auburn right now. I don't have to take any test finals, but I do have uh, – it was three, now two projects that I have to finish uh, by the end of this week. So that's uh, that was kind of what my weekend was spent doing and still working on that a little bit. So that's where I am. I had a good weekend as well. Uh, it was filled with... Uh, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> as, did, I, did I freaking ask? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> For nobody Brooks, else Brooks, but myself. How was, Brooks, how was your weekend? Uh, I had a great weekend filled with lots of football, as, as much of everybody else's was. Uh, but it is a it is a fun... Uh, it, it was a it was a fun filled weekend. Um, part of the football is going to be my worst uh, from from one of my teams from yesterday, but we'll get to that later on in the show. Me, me and Brand are pulling the college po- football playoff committee here. You're oh, the no. backup. You don't matter. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Before we get to the playoff talk, though, let's uh, let's uh, Brant. Uh, <laughs> Brant, you let off with it there for a moment. Let's talk about that Auburn basketball team. Uh, as you know, we are in Auburn, so let's uh, let's let's talk a little little about the Auburn basketball team yesterday. On the road at App State, Bruce Pearl talked about how it was going to be a tough environment all week last week. Talked about how he was excited about scheduling a, a game uh, at App State because not a lot of uh, Power 5 teams go and play group of 5 teams or mid-major teams uh, on the road. And uh, now we see why. You see why they, it, it takes a lot. It has 69-64 to 64 App State with the win. Jani Broom led the Tigers in scoring. Uh, he led everybody in scoring on the afternoon. 21 points. Uh, only one other Tiger in double-digit points. Points totals for the afternoon. Trey Donaldson had 12. Everybody else was in single-digit scoring. Uh, Brandis, you talked about the, the the story of the tape there. Three of 27 from beyond the three-point arc for the Tigers uh, yesterday. Uh, so, guys, what, what what are our takes right now on, on this Auburn basketball performance and then the programming is, uh, right now is in general? Well, my, my first takeaway is for the last two games, thank goodness Janai Broom is on your squad because uh, – he was about the only one against Virginia Tech. He mm-hmm. scored 30. Yeah. And that was about it. Um, I mean, he saved the day in that one because without Janai Broom's point totals in that, nobody else was getting it done. In this one, uh, 21 points. Uh, you did get the 12 from Trey, but, I mean, 21 from uh, twenty one from Janai. Um, and then that's it. And so you're going to have to get the scoring going from these other guys. And, uh, yeah, 3 of 27 from 3. This goes back to something that we talked about at the beginning of the year when Auburn started out shooting the three well. Um, it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't like they were just lighting scoreboards up, but they were shooting well enough in like the 40% range. And it was like, okay. And now all of a sudden you're shooting in like the 16% range over the mm-hmm. last couple of games. And so the one thing that we talked about is if if you have the shooters, then sure. 
But when you're ice cold like this, you don't need to be shooting 27 threes. It's like, listen, they're not going down. This ain't happening. We need to figure out more of what we can do instead of firing up 27 threes. Uh, you know, th- those are wasted possessions. Every single one is a is a waste. And so uh, I don't like seeing that number at 27 when you're only hitting three. But that's the big thing. Uh, Aiden Holloway is going to have to get himself figured out. Uh, superstar, five-star kid that had started out great, but of late is just ice cold. I mean, he was 2 of 10 from the field and 0 of 6 from 3 in this game. Um, you expect more from him, and you need more from him, and we've seen that he we can get more from him. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's bad. But then also, you know, Trey's not much better, just 5 of 12 and 2 of 5 from 3. So, I mean, your two point guards are not getting it done on the scoring end. And the whole idea was that you're going to have point guards that can score the ball. You know, yeah, you want point guard to be able to dish it out and all that, but we've always had point guards that are high scorers. And so, uh, you know, with those two just not really getting it done uh, in the point totals, even though uh, you know Trey did have the 12. I mean, it was 12 points, but it, you know, I you know the numbers just look a little lopsided there. Uh, just got to get better, and then. Uh, you know, really, I mean, you kind of look at it. I mean, they out-rebounded them. Uh, App State fouled more than Auburn. Uh, I mean, it, it the stats were pretty much right there for the taking in that game. But uh, Auburn just uh, – I'm going to I'm gonna steal Brant's line off the air. It's like in the game where you're supposed to put the, the ball-y thing into the holy thing, Auburn was not putting the ball-y thing into the holy thing. And you're going to lose if that's the case. One thing that a lot of people like to look at, uh, I'll, Brand, I'll, I'll turn to you here. One of the thing a lot of people like to look at when when it comes to a, a game like this is, you know, there's a lot of people that like to turn and look at the the free throw percentage and 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 look at how many free throws were shot. Auburn only shot four less free throws than App State. Uh, App State seventeen of twenty three from the free throw line, and then Auburn nine of nineteen. They missed ten free throws on the day, and like I said, only shot four less than. So it wasn't a big disparity. Uh, really, you know, if you look at it, really only two more fouls. And you know, I, I'm sure I can find the foul total here. Uh, but you know, uh, two, and and really Auburn, yeah, it was just a couple more fouls that Auburn uh, Auburn had or that that uh, App State had. So Brant. Your take on the the game here? Yeah, I, I don't really have a major issue with this game. Like I said earlier, if this becomes a trend, then yeah, it's something to look out for. Auburn shot the ball exceptionally well to start the season. The last couple of games, they've kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, we talked about Aiden Holloway. Aiden Holloway made some decisions, especially towards the end of this game, that I was not a big fan of. Um, he's got to find his shot again, man. It, it, Auburn needs him to be better. Trey Donaldson did pick up the slack. I'm perfectly fine with five for 12. I think just under 50% shooting is pretty good. 40% from three. Those are both numbers. You will take those all day. But uh, it, it, for the last couple of games, Trey Donaldson has been the better of the two point guards, which I think is interesting because those two, it, the first couple of games, it looks like, man, Trey just doesn't have it. He's pressing too much. Aiden comes in off the bench and all of a sudden he plays like a revelation he takes over that starting spot, and Trey looks really good coming off the bench. Now the last couple of games, Aiden's gone ice cold. I mean, just as cold as he can possibly be. Uh, and now Trey coming in off the bench kind of seems like the only hope when Auburn's on offense. But obviously, you know what you have in a guy like Aiden Holloway. So he's got to get out of this slump however he needs to. I, like maybe wear odd, 
odd colored socks. I don't know what the <laughs> answer is. Find something uh, to just make that shot start falling again. The free throws were awful. Um, I most of that though is going to be from Janai Broom. Janai Broom missed six free throws. He was one of seven. Uh, and and Janai Broom from the free throw line just is what he is at this point. He's never going to be no. a great free throw shooter. And I, I think that he is working on extending his range to the three-point line. I'm perfectly fine with some of the threes he took. I am not okay with others. I think if you, he, I think if he gets an open look, he has proven that he can knock those down sometimes. And you're not a look, you're not looking for, to him to shoot more than two or three a game. And he shot his three, and I thought at least two of them were good looks that I can remember right now. So I'm fine with Janai Broom shooting those threes because he's trying to knock those down. If you have a big that can stretch the four like that, it makes the offense a whole lot better. We talked about how they've played a lot more five out than they usually have. The biggest problem to me, and Tom touched on it, is you went three of 27 from the three-point line. And a lot of times it felt like you were settling for those shots. You, you, didn't, you didn't need to take those three-pointers. They were not three-point shots that you worked to get open for. It was like, well... We're tired. The offense isn't really clicking right mm-hmm. now. Let me ISO hoist up a three. And it just wasn't really working very well. Um, and Auburn's just a better offensive team than that. Um, I don't have a problem with taking 27 threes. I have a problem when I have a problem with hitting three of those 27. Uh, Janai Broom played great, I think, offensively. Like Tom said, he was kind of the only one that played great offensively, or at least was like I said earlier and like I said off the air and then Tom quoted me the object of the game is to make the ball go in the hole and Auburn did not make the ball go in the hole very well in this game and that's the biggest issue and that's why I'm not super concerned about it because I do think they worked to get some good looks I do think they played very well on the inside on the inside towards the end of that game it felt like uh, App State went to that zone look and when they went to that zone look, Auburn attacked it inside. That's something Auburn's offense for the past several years has been really good against mm-hmm. zone defenses. And that's just a, a staple of what Bruce Pearl wants to do. And I think that that continued in this game. Janiah Broom kind of ate, up, ate it up on the inside when they went to it. But towards the end of the game, the, they realized they were down a couple of possessions with about a minute and a half left, and that's when they started jacking up threes. Because uh, that's when they needed to jack up the threes. So the free throw shooting, it's not... Great, <laughs> but it's it's far from the biggest issue in this game. I, I just you've got to be able to knock down those shots, man. And this some, that's something that Auburn was doing when when Auburn came in the first five or three or four games, and they were knocking down all of these shots. Everyone said, "Man, this Auburn team can be really good because the defense may not be great, but the three pointers are falling." And that's kind of when Auburn's at its best is when it can score and when it can win these shootout kind of games. But it. The past couple of games, I'm wondering if they're kind of, you know, is the is the roller coaster something we're going to look out that we're going to have to look out for for mm-hmm. the rest of the year, or are they going to level out at some point? Uh, the other player that uh, really jumps out at you that uh, he's just got to be better. I mean, he came in very highly regarded, and and you were looking for more from the guard play, but Denver Jones, yeah, uh, I've I. Wanted to touch on this at some point today, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 3 from uh, from 3. Uh, and that's just not an anomaly for this game. I mean, that's that's a trend that you're starting to see from Denver Jones. And you've got to get more from that. Um, he came in, highly anticipated guy, has a starting role. You expect more 
uh, out of Denver Jones than that. And uh, lately, he has just been really non-existent for that for that roster. And so, uh, if he's going to continue having playing time, he's going to have to pick it up because you're going to have to find somebody to fill that role. If he's not getting it done, then he's going to have to go to the bench. Uh, you hate this early in the season to already be looking at the at your normal five or, or looking at a five and just going, that guy has no business being on the court. I mean, if you definitely don't want to be here this early in the season and pointing out one dude and it's like all of a sudden he's like, why is he here? Why is he on the floor? Please put him on the, on the bench. Uh, and it feels like you're starting to get there with Denver Jones. Yeah, of the three transfers that Auburn brought in, Chad Baker, Mazzara, Chaney Johnson, and Denver Jones – Jones was the guy that I think we were most excited about. That certainly that yeah. I was most excited about because he was averaging what like twenty points uh, wherever he was. Uh, was we at where was Denver Jones? Was he at FIU? Yeah. So it, coming out of coming out of lower level college basketball, he was averaging twenty points a game, shooting close to forty percent from three. He was the guy that everyone said, okay, this is the difference maker. This is the offensive unlocker, and he just hasn't been there so far this year. And it's not like. He's afraid to take his shots. He takes his shots every now and then. He's just not hitting them. I think he's playing good defensively. I don't think it's an effort question. I think he's playing well defensively. He's gotten a couple of tough rebounds so far this year. But that guy's out there to score, and he's a true shooting guard. It's something we haven't seen that Auburn had a lot is a true shooting guard. Most of the time when they run at that two-guard set, you've got two guys out there that are 5'11 or 6 foot and Kate, like Katie Johnson coming off the bench who that's another weird storyline in this game is that Leor Berman came in before Katie Johnson and that just should not happen something obviously something happened with KD but the, I mean he came in and he played 8 minutes in this game so that strikes me as a little bit weird but the fact that Denver Jones has not been as productive offensively as we expected him to be I think is certainly condemning and it it will hold this team back if he can't it's figure it out calls for concern absolutely Auburn basketball falls on the road to App State on Sunday. They get back in action Saturday after a finals week. Off today, practice resumes tomorrow for the Tigers. And then this weekend, the Holiday Hoops giving in Atlanta, taking on the Indiana Hoosers, is on deck for the Tigers. We'll talk more about this basketball game, and Auburn men's basketball in general, and, of course, all the rest of our topics on the show today after we come back. When we come back, though, we have to go to the orthopedic clinic phone line. Real Deal from Coosa County is sitting on. We'll get to him right after this. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brad Daughtry joining me. I'm sitting in for Mr. Ryan Lavoy. He'll be back on Wednesday, so you got me for the next two days. Want to go ahead and uh, let everybody know tomorrow will be a shortened show. We'll be getting off the air around 5 o'clock. Only two hours show tomorrow due to Smith Station basketball. Woohoo! Brent Daughtry will be out there calling that game with our man T.P. Hammock. Correct. I'll be in studio, and that is why we will be uh, cutting the show a little bit short 
uh, because I've got to run studio tomorrow for that. Smith Station taking on Eufaula. Pretty successful start to the year for the Panthers so far. Yeah, on both sides, uh, the boys are 6-2 and two through the early going. Uh, they've played some really good teams. They beat... Uh, they beat Shaw uh, last Friday. Very good team out of they, Columbus. And they were they were down 19-10 at halftime. Tells you how that game was going. They ended up winning 41 to 40. So uh, wow, uh, excellent second half for the Panthers. Uh, the girls team though is what's super impressive. I, I mean, flowers to the boys team. Six and two through eight games is really impressive. Uh, the girls team though is six and zero, oh, and they have yet to lo- to win a game by less than 14 points. Wow. So they've, they've been super impressive for sure. Absolutely. And you can hear them, their next game coming up tomorrow at or home against Eufaula. Eufaula Tigers coming up to play Smith Station on FM Talk 93.9. Uh, Tip-off for the girls' game will be around 5 o'clock yep. Central, 6 o'clock Eastern. Probably probably go live around 4.50. And then the, uh, the boys' game will follow about 20 to 30 minutes after the conclusion of that girls' game. Uh, before we go any further, let's uh, go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us. On the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, the Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We start things off as we go up to Coosa County, and it is... Real Deal from Coosa County. Real Deal joining us today, leading things off. Real Deal, how are you doing this afternoon? All right, man. How y'all doing? We're doing Uh, great. What's on your mind? A whole lot on the man. Let me out on the door. It's Tom in the building, Tom Peavy. Tom Peavy's here. I am here. Okay, I want to ask you personally, Tom, then I'm going to tell you exactly what's on my mind. Who coaches Auburn secondary? Who coaches Auburn secondary? Is that, who is that? It is, uh, it's a combination of Wesley McGriff and Zach Etheridge right now. I thought, so I thought uh, Etheridge was there. guys need to quit or get fired. Let me tell you what. I've never played at the college level, but I played at the high school level. All the guy do, all the guy got to do was picking that Auburn wide receiver, just turn around and knock the ball down. I've noticed Auburn all year, every time a pass is thrown, they're right there with the wide receiver, but they never turn around. And what also made me mad in that game, uh, they knew he was going to throw it. Why would you? Why would you rush just two people? And with all those people you had back there, couldn't somebody have assist enough if they seen where the ball was going? Try to run across the field and hit that guy. And that that right there was a high school mistake. I've seen high school players, not even five stars, and three stars. Toss over that to the ball. That right there was inexcusable. Whoever our first-grade coaches were, that was inexcusable. That's built upon the bridge. Now, let me get here with Alabama. I know y'all going to say, whatever real deal, he's crying and complaining with everybody else. I don't know if y'all notice it, Tom. I know you, there's other guys on the show, but I'm going to dedicate this to you. Alabama, you know, I know they say Nick Saban is – Right. But it seems like if the Alabama game is closed, the official wears dog shades. There were several penalties that I've seen in Alabama that the officials didn't call. And when Georgia threw that long pass, 
he reviewed the play to see that the boy kissed the ball. Now, on fourth and one, Alabama went for it. They threw to this wide receiver. He caught the ball and come down on the ground, and the ball slowly hit the ground. But I, I'm in the Auburn game and the Georgia game. The officials seemed like Nick Saban was getting all the calls, and they missed a lot of calls in the Auburn game. Also the Georgia game. But, you know, that's what on the bridge. Now, about the playoff, it sucks. When have the NCAA read about the quarterback being out on the uh, Florida State team? If I was going to do that, I would have put Georgia and Florida in the playoff. I know y'all going to say, well, they got their rules, so on, so on, so on. Bump those rules. The NCAA can make rules up as they go. First of all, Michigan shouldn't be in it because of this little cheating scandal thing. If it was over, they wouldn't have even been on TV or even played. Michigan shouldn't have been in it. Washington shouldn't have been in it. Washington, to me, is just like a part of the state or somebody. They shouldn't even be in it, even though they won. They should have put Florida State in it. They should have put Georgia. Georgia was two-time national champs. How could you not put them in it? They only got beat by Alabama. So what if they broke their winning streak? That sucks. That don't make any sense. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to get you guys comments. And uh, I want to hear about your recruitment. I want to hear about the uh, new guy you said we come in, but the officials were wearing dog shades. And you can say what you want after I hang up, but Nick Saban gets all of the close calls. And every time he asks an official or if he complaining, I know it's an open game. Several of the officials come over to him. I know it's an open game. Hugh Freeze was trying to get an official. He sort of snuffed away from Hugh Freeze and he ignored Hugh Freeze. So I don't understand that. I'm going to hear y'all comments and I'm going to hang up with Royal Eagle. War Eagle, real deal. That was real deal from Coosa County joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. All right, well, let's start. He gave us a lot of, a lot of stuff yeah. to go with there. So, <laughs> so Tom, we'll start with the uh, the the secondary play that he was talking about, and that, that especially that Alabama-Auburn uh, game. Uh, I mean, the, the Auburn secondary has been fine this year. There, there's some times that they get burned. I mean, I get it. But, I mean, the secondary is not an issue that Auburn had – excuse me. Problems with the secondary is not something that Auburn really dealt with all season long. Uh, really one of the strongest units of that defense was secondary. On the last play, uh, something got sideways. Somebody got caught up where they didn't need to be, and a mistake was made, and you ended up with a one-on-one. And so the the receiver ran a good route to get the separation. The defender did not do a good job of of keeping the defender in front of him. He let him get behind him. Uh, He didn't have help over there, which that should have happened. And then the th- then Milrow put the throw about as perfect spot as you could possibly ask for. Now, I will say this. There was a push-off, but they were both hand-fighting. There was a push-off. It happened very, very quickly. I am still of the mindset that 
it would be very ticky tack if you were to throw a flag right there because it was not when you see it in real time it was not something that was just egregious where you look at it and like oh my gosh like you have to call that that was actually one you don't call now you watch it in slow motion or the freeze frame of it mm. my problem to where you could have gotten a call here is that even it was a quick push off the push off was to the face and it was inside the face mask. You can see the, the video of his hand up inside the face mask and pushing off with his face. That alone is a penalty. Mm. Not just the push off, the hands to the face part could have been called. It happened very quickly. And I guess the referees did not see it. They just saw the quick kind of shove or whatever. But the hands were up inside the face mask, pushing off with the guy's face. So yeah, could have called a penalty there. Um, but overall, I mean, as far as the calls go, there were bad calls both ways. Auburn got away with some stuff. Bama got away with some stuff. Uh, there was an, a very egregious face mask call uh, that they missed uh, and then actually called Auburn for a block in the back. Um, Alabama, however, had a guy catch a ball that looked clearly in bounds that they said was out of bounds, and they went back and reviewed it and still said he was out of bounds. And it looked like his foot was clearly had green between – between the sideline and his foot. Um, so Alabama missed out on that call. Uh, I, I think the officials, you could say, go, went both ways. So, you know, I'm not going to even go there with that. Uh, what else do we have? The- uh, we had the – he was talking about uh, – wanted to talk about the, the, the officiating in that SEC championship game. Specifically, the you had the long pass to on the Alabama on the, in the first half – Alabama wide receiver, I don't remember who it was, went down and caught it, and it looked like there could have been a little bit of a touch on right. the ground. They did not go back and look at it. And then there was another one where Georgia had a long pass. They went down clearly a catch, and they they reviewed that one. And I'll tell you what, even uh, and I know a lot of people are, are not you know don't like the the pairing, but even uh, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson were on it in that game saying, oh, why are they reviewing this? They were up, they were kind of upset. Like if you didn't review that other one, why are you reviewing this one? Right. My, can I offer my take on officials real quick? Yeah, especially to do with the. Would you like a soapbox? Well, I, I feel like this. This is the <laughs> soapbox. So you, you, dear listener, are approaching <laughs> me on the soapbox. Um, if there were speaking specifically of the SEC championship game, if there were if there was a bias of any kind, it would have been in favor of Georgia. They because the SEC knew that if Alabama won that game. Then they were going to have a mess on their hands. They There's may going to be not have a team if, in. Yeah, I'm going to say Georgia. If, Georgia could have made it very purely non-academic by winning that game. If if they if, if Georgia won that game, they would not have been out. Uh, you wouldn't have had Sankey, Kirby Smart, and Nick Saban all yeah. out stumping for the yeah. SEC team to be included. But the refs are not biased. The refs are not corrupt. The refs are not paid off. They don't. They they. I, I disagree with real deal that they're listening that they're looking through a, a certain color lens. I just think they suck. Yeah. I think that I think that at every level of football in every conference, and heck, we can expand it to every sport at every level. Referees are just getting worse because one, it's a more demanding job than it has ever been. Two, it's a more demeaning job than it's ever been. And three, the pay the pay is probably not good enough, especially at the high school level. I mean, go go watch a high school basketball game. The refs are terrible, and they've been terrible for a long time, and they are continually getting worse. 
and that's trick. That's either trickling down or it's trickling up. Either way, refs at at the professional level, the college level, and the, and the amateur level are all just getting worse. Well, now it it's still the case. Like even with NFL referees, like that is not their profession. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, I, know, I will say with with MLB umpires, they are full time umpires. That is their job. Okay. But. But you're right that most I think most NFL refs are what they're lawyers, right? Usually something like that, you know. Um, but I mean, same thing with college college officials. Yeah. I mean, that, they they have other jobs. This is not their, and and that's where a big thing has come out is if you want to have legit officials in all the sports, then that needs to be you need to have that as a profession. That yeah. that yeah to where they they train. All season long, so when you just like the just like the athletes do, where they're constantly training, even in the off season, they'll have a down period. But you know the officials need to constantly be have sole focus on that job, and it is to you know you train, you practice, you work as a group all year long, and then you perform in the games, and then maybe things will get better with that. But I agree, there's no lens they're looking through because you could go look at. You know, sisters of the blind versus you know <laughs> whoever, and you can sit there and watch calls. You're like, that's just terrible. Uh, and you can watch the highest of the highest levels and watch a game and go, well, that's just terrible. And the good so, news is, you know, if you're a fan who wants to see this get better, you can go be an official. You can be a part to fix the problem. Um, go, go try and do it because it is a, it is a tough job. It is, is hard. It man. is tougher than you think it is, but the re- but. Still, at all levels, it's simply not good enough. I urge it. Like seriously, this is something I feel very strongly about. If you think it's a big enough problem that you think you can do something about it, go try. Let's go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line and real deal from Coosa County. Just called back in. Real deal. Welcome back. I I disagree with you guys. Which I'm not an official, but if I'm gonna make a call, make the call for both teams. I'm not saying. They're buyers for Nick Saban, but Nick Saban, when he blows a gasset over there, he goes to fussing. Whatever he wants those referees, that's how it goes. Like, if you remember the game when he demanded one second back on the clock in the Auburn game, he was right there in Auburn. He got the one second. I'm not saying the officials are buyers. I'm saying this, guys. This is what I'm saying. If you're going to make a call, if you're going to look at a call, look at the call for both teams. Don't look at the call just for one team. Like, Georgia on the long pass, they reviewed that. But the ball, when it was fourth and fourth, fourth and fourth, fourth and four yards, he threw the pass, the ball bobbed the ball. Why didn't he look at that call? And I've seen seven games. Three threes have big. Hey, let's look at that play again. What makes me mad and angry about the officials, which, you know, if I could be an official, I would. I would look at both calls if one of the coaches was questioning the call on the other team, him, we would review the call. I don't give a heck how long the game because baseball stays on longer than football now. If you're trying to speed up football, I'm saying 
it makes me mad if two teams is competing to win the game, make the game equal. Don't look at the game one way. See, going back to the Michigan game that Alabama is going to play, and if I had a million dollars, I would bet you guys, if this game is close, those officials is going to let Nick Saban bully them, and they're going to only look at Nick Saban calls. So once again, you got your opinion, I got mine. You can think what you want, but if college athletes are out there busting their butts, guys, look at both calls. Don't just look at it one way. Sure, they do miss some calls, but this college playoff, which y'all haven't talked about it yet, I'm going to ask again. When has the NCAA read about Florida State has a quarterback that's out for the year that can't repeat, that cannot compete. That's Florida State's problem that this kid is out. But if they don't win 13 ball games, the way I can sum that up, you let Michigan come in with this thing going on with them. And y'all know if you're a deep Auburn fans, if Auburn had anything like that on them, they going to throw the book at them and they really going to investigate it. But, you know, that was wrong, and I, I still don't understand why you would not let Georgia in there. This is a two-time national championship team. So, in other words, all Alabama has to do is just beat them, and you don't let Georgia in? Let me know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm cracking up on that. Where are you? More Eagle, Real Deal. That is uh, Real Deal from Coosa County joining us back on the program. Let's go ahead, before we get to the playoff stuff, because it's going to take a minute to talk about some of that, Uh, let's hit our next break of the show. When we come back, we will wrap up the first hour of the program with with some highly anticipated uh, playoff talk right after this. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on a Monday. I am Brooks Childress. Brant Daughtry, T- uh, Tom Peavy. Yeah, I'm not TP. Wrong, not wrong TP. Wrong TP. Yeah, wrong TP. I'm, I'm used to sitting in the host chair and on the high school coaches show on Wednesday nights, and TP is sitting where you sit. Ah. And I'm always, I'm Brooks Shoulders, TP Hammock sits across from me. Gotcha. You both start with a T. And in with and, a P. And in with yeah, a P. Yeah, yeah. But it's Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy. That's correct. Are here this, uh, this afternoon. Uh, if you want to hear Sports Call wherever you go and don't have a radio, you can now listen to us on Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android, tap the menu icon in the top left, tap skills and games in the menu, and search for Sports Call Auburn. Make sure you enable that skill, and then you're done. All you have to do after that is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to us, wherever you may be. 
Uh, well, let's uh, let's move along here in the show. We've got a few minutes left here in the top or in the first part of the show in the hour number one. Uh, Real Deal from Coosa County called in twice uh, moments ago, and we got to talking a little about. He wants to hear about some of the the playoff talk. We have not gotten to that uh, yet, as of yet. Uh, so here we go, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and we're off. Uh, so the playoffs, Action. the playoff four was announced uh, yesterday, featuring the Michigan Wolverines, the Washington Huskies, the Texas Longhorns, and not the undefeated ACC champions, the Florida State Seminoles. But it was the one loss SEC champion, Alabama Crimson Tide, getting in at the four spot uh, this year for the in uh, the college football playoff. Uh, Florida State comes in at number five. Georgia coming in at number six. Uh, and then it falls in a line after that. So, gentlemen, I've got thoughts, but I will uh, I, I cede the floor to both of you guys. Did the playoff committee get it right? Did the best four teams get into the playoffs? No. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree no. Um, and I, I also think that for most of the time, best four has not been right. the ultimate goal. Well, and, and I will second this. Uh, I, I don't even even with the four that you put in there. I, I mean, if you're going to go with best four teams in the country, you still don't have the best four teams in the country. In yeah, there. that's, that's sorry, exactly if, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to go best four, then Georgia's in there. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Georgia is one of the best four teams in the country. I think Georgia would absolutely mollywop Washington. I think Georgia would probably beat Texas. Um. I think if you put them in Alabama ten times on the field, they're going to beat each other multiple times, so uh, or win multiple games. So I, Georgia could just as easily beat Alabama. Mm. Georgia, I think, would beat the mess out of Washington. I'm not sold on. I, I like Penix, but I'm not sold on Washington. Um, so and and even maybe even Michigan. So no, you don't have the four best teams. Because if you did, then you would have Georgia in there. Um, for for the record, I agree. I think Georgia is one of the best four. Best four, but yeah. I think I think they were perfectly justified in being eliminated. Right? No, I, absolutely, and that's and that's the thing. So, no. so here's my thing: Florida State should have been in there, and and that's where I'm going to end with that. Um, they should have been in the four. I I don't care. I, I I just I don't care about the fact that that their starting quarterback got hurt. Well, guess what? They've gone three and zero since then. Yep. They did what they were supposed to do. They were a power five team that finished their t- their season undefeated and won their conference championship. They beat, did, did beat they their do, rival on the road with a backup they, quarterback. With a backup quarterback, and then covered against the number fourteen team in the country on a neutral site with their third was stringer. It, right. who to looked, me, that's, who that's terrible, a pretty yes. good resume. Grant, look, Brock, Brock Auburn Glenn. Uh, I, actually, I think his first name is Auburn, not his. Oh, is it name. Auburn? Yeah, Brock I, I think Glenn? it's Auburn Brock Glenn. Yeah. Okay, I knew he was named after Auburn, but anyway, no, that, that kid looked awful. I, I mean, he, the, he, he. He's a true looked, freshman. He, he wasn't ready. Yeah, he looked terrible. That defense, however, electric. You show me a national championship caliber defense. Florida State just showed you what that can be right there. Because good heavens, they look good. They Louisville, had, Louisville's, Louisville had a very bad time. Louisville's put up points this year too. Sure. It's not like it's a Louisville offense that kind of like slugged their way into the the playoff by just winning a couple games. Right. They they blew out a couple teams. Yes. Yeah. So, and before any Alabama fans jump on me. I get it. Which which they will at some point in this show. I we, oh, we, real, we realize that we're going to hear from Alabama absolutely. fans. I'm not saying Alabama is not deserving of the spot because they won 
They did win the SEC. However, if you go by who is more deserving, who deserves, who did what they were supposed to do all through the entirety of the season, then Florida State deserves to be in there. Now, with Brockemeyer or whoever they were and I'm about to read something here, and this is where I also what infuriates me with this. Whoever their backup is, uh, whoever they played in the playoff, mm. would we probably end up with a bad lopsided score? Maybe, but we don't know that. That defense looked awful good. And the other thing is your your goal as the committee is not to look ahead and go, well, we think this is what's going to happen if they play each other. No, you, you, you don't subjectively just look ahead and think that you know what the crystal ball is going to have. If that was the case, why did you have TCU in there last year? Because they got just absolutely blasted. So Because they were an undefeated, or they weren't even undefeated. They weren't even a Power 5 champion. They lost the Big 12 championship game. Right. They were undefeated going into it, and they got in anyway. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't like... So this is what I'm going to read from uh, Heather Dinich uh, from... Uh, she's ESPN, isn't she? Isn't Heather Dinich uh, ESPN? I think so, yeah. I think she's ESPN. Um, Brooks is saying yes. She's been like right there with the committee, uh, and, and I'm just reading this, uh, and it says, It wasn't until the ACC championship game began to unfold, though, that the members' opinions began to truly take shape. The group grew concerned as it watched the Knolls struggle to get a first down in the first half. There's a section of the committee's protocol that specifically re- refers to the, quote, unavailability of key players that may affect a team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance. That allowed the committee to do something it intentionally avoids every year. Uh, look ahead. All right. So they're looking at that game, and they're like, oh, man, that offense looks terrible with that kid at quarterback. Well, guess what? That's not who's going to be playing quarterback yeah. when they play in the game. Yeah. You're, you're punishing. They, they, looked, they looked perfectly fine with Tate Rodemaker. Rodemaker yeah, Rodemaker. Um, you're punishing a whole team by watching a game with their third-string quarterback who is not going to be their quarterback when they play on New Year's. That's dumb. That is so daggum stupid. Um, I, I don't. I don't understand how you punish a team for doing everything that they were supposed to do this year, despite adversity. Still win, win their conference, and then you just go. None of that mattered. None. None of the, None of what you did mattered. All that adversity you came through after your quarterback turned his leg into a piece of limp, limp spaghetti. Like not, none of that matters. Wow, none none of it matters. It, it just it doesn't. The the thing that come that it all comes back to is people are going to talk about resume and and Alabama certainly I think has the best win on the season. Even though a team Absolutely. beat them, so does does Texas have the best win because they beat the team that had the best win? Does everything Alabama does elevate Texas because Texas beat Alabama? I you can you can get into the weeds of that if you feel like it. But if you're saying that Florida State did not play a great schedule and they didn't look great against some bad teams, which I disagree with. I think they looked really good. Let's look at Alabama's resume real quick. They beat South Florida by 10. South Florida finished 6-6. Six and six. They needed a last-second prayer to beat a not-very-good Auburn team. Who just came off of getting who, absolute boat-raced yeah. by New Mexico State. Correct. And they beat Arkansas, who finished 4-8, and eight, by 3. And they lost by 10 to Texas at home. So if you want to cry resume, if you want to say, well, Florida State didn't play anybody, well, Alabama didn't play. Alabama played some good teams. They also played some bad teams and didn't look very good against them. One score wins against teams with 500 or 
worse records. I, I like Tom said, Florida State did absolutely everything that they could do. They made it through the season undefeated. They beat some good teams to do it. And by the way, again, they covered against Louisville, who is a top 15 team. And you have to wonder if Louisville beats Kentucky the week before and they're in the top 10 instead of the top 15. How much does that change this math? Does it change it at all? I think it. I think probably it does. But it, when you get into that point and you're splitting hairs, I think you're splitting too many hairs. Florida State deserves to be in the college football playoff, and they're not going to get it because I don't know. Because the eye test, man. Every metric says that Florida State deserves to be in. Every other sport would have Florida State in this playoff spot, but because the shadow council gets to decide who makes the four-team playoff, then then they just get screwed. And, they and, got absolutely screwed. And, and I also think there is an SEC bias. Absolutely there is. I, I mean, there's, there's there is. 100% SEC if you're, bias. If you were going with four best teams, you would have to say probably Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and I don't know, probably Texas. Washington. Texas or Washington, one of the two. I think I'd go Texas. The debate continues after this break. Top of the hour. Matt from Tallahassee, you're coming up right after this break. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now. I am Brooke Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, joining me in studio today, filling in for Mr. Ryan Lavoie. He is out of town coming back from the uh, Buccaneers-Panthers game. He actually went down there with Mr. J.J. Jackson, former show host, and also our good friend Christian Page, who is a former contributing member of Sports Call here. Uh, and so we, uh, he, they uh, had a little little pre-Christmas vacation down there. They're going to be down there tonight to take in the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning game as well. So a big sports weekend for those guys. Uh, left me behind. That's okay. Um, I'm. I, I, it was Loser. my. It was my choice. It was my choice to stay behind. So uh, so that I could be here and host this great sports talk show and bring it to everybody here in the Auburn Opelika area. Uh, Want to thank you for listening. Uh, two hours to go. We've talked a lot about the Auburn basketball loss yesterday to App State. We've talked about some playoff stuff. Uh, both of uh, my cohorts across the table are very passionate about the, uh, the playoff stuff, so we will get back to that here in just a little bit. But right now, we want to go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We start out hour number two by going to the orthopedic clinic phone line and talking to Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee for Auburn from Casita joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Tom! What's up? Hey, Brooke, you tell Tom what we were talking about when I talk, 
Toby earlier? Yeah, uh, Michelle owes us a lot of money, Tom. Ah, okay. No, tell, no, tell him about the guy that's playing a prank on me. Oh, uh, some some uh, Florida State fan was playing a prank on a t- t- playing a prank on Matt. Well, that's not nice. So we'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to find him and have have some words. Yeah, like I was telling him that I got in trouble in middle school, and he wouldn't know what I did. And I said I can't talk about it. He thought I was doing drugs. <laughs> Kept calling me Nathan, Jeff, and 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 stuff that I don't like people. And Brooks, he said you don't work for not. You guys don't play Christian songs. He said he didn't know who you were and stuff like that. And it kind of made me feel uncomfortable. It hurt me. I don't like people playing pranks on me like that. And well, well we're <laughs> sorry that that happened to you, but we'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll try to make things better here on Sports Call today for you. What do you got on your mind? Well, I was trying to, to, to tell you um, this question for all three of you guys. Uh, I'll I'll start with uh, uh, Brent and Tom. I'll start with you guys first. Um, well, first I want to talk about. I saw on my computer that open link that Harson might go to New Mexico. Have you guys heard about that? I saw he uh, he has been linked to the the New Mexico job. That's interesting. You think that would be a good hire? Uh, uh, I I think that he would be back out. West, where he's more comfortable, yeah, um, I, and at a lower level, at, right? at a lower level where he's had a ton of success before. So I, I think you could do worse than not as blue of a football field. No, which is, which is a step down. But uh, I, I think that, uh, I think that New Mexico could do worse than Brian Harson. And then the question, the question is, um, the, when Auburn is playing Alabama. There was a lot of bad calls. Like the referee didn't call the face mask on on that, and they said that should have been called, right? And then when it was fourth and thirty-one, when Alabama's player pitched Auburn's player, that should have been passed in France. Why did they not call those two calls? Well, one the face mask they didn't call because they're terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the the offensive pi they didn't call. Um, I, I think that you could have called pass interference on both parties there. If you look at it, DJ James has his hand inside of uh, Isaiah Bond's jersey. Um, they're they're pushing on each other. They're shoving on each other. In a play like that, unless it's just the most impossibly egregious pass interference you've ever seen, you're not going to get that call. I mean, I, hey, did you did you watch the the game uh, between the Chiefs and the Packers last night? There were a couple of defensive pass interference calls late in that game oh. that that did not get called, uh, and they. By letter of the law, they definitely should have. But when you get into that situation late in that game, uh, only sometimes are you going to get those calls. Most of the times, they're just going to let it play out. Yeah. Like I said, I was saying this earlier. The the only thing that I could see in that the Alabama Auburn game on the last play, uh, the pass interference. I, yeah, it happens just so quick that you just can't make that call. However, the fact that his hands were in his face, like you know, up inside the face mask, uh, that you know. That's a whole different kind of ball game right there. I mean, you're not supposed to have your hands up in the guy's face like that. Even though it happened very, very quickly, I think that could have been called. But it happened well, so fast that I, I just still don't think that you make that call well, right there in such a clutch part of the game. Well, what I'm trying to say is, like, on the face mask, when they when the battle was running, that was definitely a face mask because he almost took his head off. Oh, yeah, that, oh should absolutely. Have, that, that should have been a One, face mask. 100% absolutely. should have been a call. Absolutely. And, and stuff, but another question is, what do you guys think about 
the uh, Cam Coleman that Auburn got from Texas A&M, and then they got um, another, I think, wide receiver named Thompson. And then what do you guys think about that? And then what do you guys think about the players that are transferring? And then what do you guys probably see about Robbie Ashford? Probably, you think Robbie Ashford probably say you think he'll transfer? Um, I, the, the Cam the Cam Coleman thing's a big deal. Yeah. I, he's the best wide receiver. He's the best high school wide receiver in the country right now. I think that he comes in and he's an immediate starter for Auburn. Uh, I, I think that that guy's going to be a major player next year. I think that he's he has a chance to be Auburn's best receiver. Um, Perry Thompson's been committed for a while. I think that he is a guy who could come in and do something similar to Cam Coleman. I have I have zero doubt that Cam Coleman is going to be part of the immediate plans. Uh, Perry Thompson, I think that they may wait a year, but I could also see him stepping in and being a big part just because the wide receiver room at Auburn is not great. Uh, the other guys up in the air, but Auburn's got a lot of good good wide receivers coming in this year. And, and possibly more coming in. I know um, I'm just seeing here Auburn has – there's a receiver that's in the transfer portal from Vanderbilt, uh, Will Shepard. Um, Van, uh, oh, really? Yeah, and Auburn's already offered him. I'm shocked. I, th- I thought Will Shepard would be in the NFL next year. So what what do you guys think about the players that are transferring? They're like from the offensive line and de- and defensive line. There's a lot of players transferring, and and so that how how can Auburn improve? Like Auburn needs like a Auburn needs like a good offensive line, and but with all these players transferring from Auburn and stuff that then um. Are they getting any alignment or offensive line or defensive line for next year? That people that are transferring. So, uh, so right now, uh, Auburn's had a few guys go into the transfer portal, but that's going to happen uh, with the the way that the portal is now. You're going to have some players go out. Uh, the guys from interior lines and stuff are guys that got very minimal playing time this year. So, I'm not sure that they really fit into what was going to go on in the future. Now, they have lost a couple of wide receivers, but you look at what they're trying to bring in in receiver, I think the writing was on the wall for some of these guys that my playing time is probably about to be gone. So yeah. um, there, there's nobody – there. I have not seen a single person from uh, that has announced from Auburn going into the transfer portal that just jumps out at me and is like, oh, my gosh, that's a huge loss. Uh, now, Robbie Ashford – I fully expect Robbie Ashford to go to the transfer portal. Uh, I spoke to a guy uh, that would know about him a lot, and indications are that he's probably done at Auburn. Uh, That has not been made official by any stretch, but I would fully expect that Robbie Ashford will be in the transfer portal at some point. Here's a question for you guys, and I'll start with you first. I talked to a friend of mine in Tallahassee, he was a principal, and he used to be a, a uh, high school um, football coach at Tallahassee and baseball. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, we were talking about Robbie Ashford, and he said like, that Ashford needs to go to transfer, and he thinks that like, Robbie Ashford should go to Jacksonville State. What do you guys think about what do you think about that? You think that'll probably be good for Robbie Ashford? Yeah, I think that Robbie Ashford is a guy that can find some if, if he goes into the portal and he wants to continue to play quarterback, he can find some success at one of the uh at a group of five school. I think you've seen it uh from a couple of guys that have left Auburn. You saw Malik Willis, who was a guy that uh, that was at Auburn, uh, you know, and he was not uh, gonna be starter, went down to a group of five school at Liberty, had a lot of success, got drafted. You saw TJ Finley last year, uh did not have a lot of success at Auburn, went down to Texas 
State and had, had some pretty good success down there this had year. Had a great year this year. And yep. so, Zach, heck, Zach Calzada is yeah, a pretty good year at Incarnate, Incarnate Word, Word too. Yeah. And so, I, I think that you know, a guy like if if Robbie wants to wants to uh, transfer and wants to play quarterback somewhere else, if he goes to a group of five school, I think that's a the place that he can find some some good well, success. I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you guys, but another thing is, what like two more questions? And if we is Dad time to do some trivia or not? Uh, no, not today. Okay, well, the other question I got is, like, uh, I know we're trying to get a quarterback named, I think, White coming in. Yeah, Walker White. Um, so, um, the question about that, and then I got another another question. All right. Um, if, like, you have, like, you have, like, Peyton, they said Peyton Thorne's going to come back. Mm-hmm. All, their, all their running backs are coming back. Mm-hmm. And then you have White coming in, you have Gardner um, coming in. So who do you probably think will like win the quarterback race again? Uh, would be and then the other question is I saw that uh Katie J Jefferson is thinking about coming to Auburn play quarterback. Do you think that will happen or not? I think that Auburn's plan at quarterback right now is try to get one of the higher tiered guys in the yeah. transfer portal. If they can find one. If not, I think Peyton Thorne would be the starter next year. And I think that would set up in 2025 a competition between Holden Gurner and Walker White uh, to see who the starter on that team would be. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, you know, when you look at some of the guys that are out there right now, uh, Auburn is going to pursue some of them. Uh, big name right now is Cam Ward, uh, who announced that he's transferred from Washington State. Just about everybody is wants Cam Ward. Uh, so, but it does. Uh, it seems like it's less likely to happen, even though I know Auburn wants him. Uh, you look at Dylan Gabriel leaving Oklahoma. That's going to be one that a lot of people are going to look at. So, yeah, I think Auburn's definitely going to look for a big, high value quarterback to come in here that they think can be day one starter well, and be able to throw the ball a little bit better than what we got out of Peyton well, Thorne. Well, I'm not trying to interrupt you, Tom. Sorry, You're sorry, good. about that. But the question for all three guys, like I said, I saw on my computer they say KD. K, K, KJ K, Jefferson? Yeah, I was thinking about coming. What, do you guys think that will work or you think not will work? And also, what do you guys think about um, Bobby Trino going back to Arkansas and be offensive coordinator? I, I don't think that's a good hire, but like, uh, I think he's going to probably mess up again and probably get fired. Um, so what do you guys think about those two kind of questions? Uh, so I I don't think Auburn is going to try to go after KJ Jefferson. I think they're looking for somebody even more high value than KJ Jefferson if they're going to make that type of move. I just don't think KJ Jefferson is who they're looking for. And honestly, I think Auburn could do better than KJ Jefferson. Uh, as far as Bobby Petrino, good luck to Arkansas. I would not touch that dude with a ten foot pole. <laughs> I I do not like him. I have not liked him since his time at Auburn. Uh, I, I think I, I think some very, very bad things about Bobby Petrino, and that's not even just the trouble he got into. As a, I, I'm talking as a person from what I know of him, I would not touch that dude. Hey, Arkansas, good luck. I mean, and have fun with it, but ugh, don't gross. They have, don't, they, don't they still have a video like when he was Arkansas the first time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah, they absolutely. do. I, I, like most, I feel like most of the powers that be at Arkansas are still in place. From when Bobby Petrino was head coach I there, think, I think the athletic director should look into that. I, I, 
is it the same athletic director that was there before? I'm I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah, I wouldn't think it is. Well, I think I think he I think he should. If they have a new athletic director, I think he should look into the case and stuff of that. And then another. Oh, he's question. he's aware. I promise oh, you that he's aware of the case. And then another question is: I saw that Alan Green uh, is that is that uh, Tennessee now. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I yeah. think that Alan Green. I th- I think Alan Green did some really good stuff at Auburn. I know he made an absolutely atrocious football hire, but outside of that mistake, I think he did some really good stuff at Auburn, uh, like extending Bruce Pearl and hiring Johnny Harris for women's basketball, for example. Uh, yeah. I, I think that I think that he's a good. Hi- I think that he is a good deputy athletic director, even if he's not yeah. cut out for like head yeah. man work. I think he's a great hire as kind of an assistant. What? One more, one more question, right. and then let's go. There, I was at the the Auburn game when they played in Virginia Tech. And yeah. There was some tall, older guy. I don't know who it was. The director for Auburn, but I was just running, just playing out with the, the Auburn police, and the guy goes, "What the heck are you doing?" And I go like. Sir, you just didn't want to mess me. He kept on following me and told the Auburn police on about me and stuff like that. So real the real tall guy, he's an older guy, I like on the probably probably in his fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Not that director, is it? I wouldn't think on, so. He was on the floor where you know where the press where the pretzels are? Yeah. In Chick fil A. But he was asking, he said, like, what the heck are you doing? And I said, I was playing, but he kept on following me and stuff like that. And like I'm saying, I'm not trying to like, be me. I'm just playing around with the police officers, but he kept on following me. And then started and stuff like that. So, like, I'm just saying, I've been trying to get the whole, I've been trying to call Auburn University and try to talk to the athletic director. Because, like I said to you before, the then staff, People, I'm not getting very along with. Like I said, I mentioned this before. When the but where the bus drops you off, there's a bathroom not very far from there, and they wanted me to go there because they didn't have the wristband. But if you got if you got to go, you got to go. But they they said I can't do that because I got to have a wristband. And but you, you guys didn't know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely, Matt. Look, man. I, you know, those people are just trying to do their jobs. They're just trying to keep everybody safe. And we know that you're not going to do anything wrong because we know you a little bit, but those people don't really know you. And they're just trying to keep everybody safe and do their job well. And there are a bunch of other bathrooms in, in Neville Arena that you can go find. So, uh, you know, they're they're just trying to keep everybody safe and do what they're told to do. Well, I'm, I'm, that's why I try to tell them. But if you really, really got to go, sure. I, I just don't want to, like, Use the bathroom in my pants or pee in my pants and stuff. But, but like I said, I got to go real fast. They go, we go upstairs. But I just don't want to have an accident or anything. I'm trying to be polite. And I know they don't know me very, I know they don't know me very well. And, and like, and stuff. They're, I know they're trying to do their job. I'm saying, like, I said, I got to go like bad. Oh, no, you have to go, like, you have to go uh, where you're sitting at. And like I said, I don't want to, like, make a big scene or anything like mm. that, but I'm trying to tell them, if you got to go, you got to go, and they, and they want, and they say, you can't do that. Yeah. And and that's just being disrespectful to me. I'm telling a handicap, 
and I'm not questioning anything, and they say they don't care. They're being disrespectful to me, and I'm trying to be polite to them. Sure. And but and so but but uh, I'm uh, I I know Auburn lost in basketball. I watched a little bit of that basketball game last night, and but um uh another question, like I said, I'll let you guys go. But uh, the question before I let you guys go, okay? Do you guys think in the the final four for a college playoffs? Do you guys think Michigan can probably beat Alabama? I think they got a shot. Uh, Alabama's improved steadily over the year, and uh, they they did beat the number one team in the country in Georgia this past weekend. So I, I think it's going to be a really really good football game, and I would not be surprised if either Michigan or Alabama wins that game. But I think Michigan does have a have a shot to beat Alabama. Are you ready to do the cheer? Uh, well, another question: Do you guys okay. think what, what about the uh, Washington, Texas, and the Florida State, Georgia? Do you guys? What do you guys think about those games? Yeah, both of those games are going to feature some really good offenses. I know Washington and Texas could be a real shootout, and then that Florida State and Georgia game uh, I think could be a, a game that Florida State would try to come out and prove to the uh, college football playoff committee that they should have been in the playoffs if they can get a win over over Georgia. Are you ready to do the cheer now, Matt? Well, I'm not going to do the cheer okay. today. Um, I'm not like, uh, I'm kind of like tired. Okay. And, guys got done with bowling practice and stuff like that. But hey, Tom, do you ever tell your girlfriend to come on the show sometime? Tell her all the time. What What she say? She's busy at work. <laughs> she can't. She can't come for a few minutes. Uh, she, like I said, she she's at work while we're on the show. Oh, but she can't. Like, did you ask her if she can come sometime and ask me a trivia question? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do. But like I said, she she's usually at work while we're doing the show, so it's hard for her hey, to get away from work. Hey, hug. Brooks, are you guys trying to get Devon Reed back on and JJ possibly and Cadillac? On yeah, the show yeah, we we've got some feelers out there, but uh, nothing so far. You guys need to get Bruce Pearl on. We on. we we had him a few uh, about a month or so ago. You guys need to get him back because I got like a, a a few questions that, to ask him and and stuff. And listen, um, another if you guys hear from James, mm-hmm. um. I want some like uh, questions from him from like uh, swimming. Uh, he can ask me uh, and the medals I have. He can ask me when I started, how old I was. I can tell him. I can tell him if he wants to know what medals I got. Uh, the fourteen gold, the six silver, and bronze. He wants to know about that. Okay. Uh, what I did, I and stuff for that. But James, if you're listening. Um, I know you say you can help me on like some uh, fly balls and stuff like that. I got a coach for that and stuff like that, but um, I might change my offer and stuff like that. If you know where Beehive is in Auburn, James, uh, come out there watching practice. Um, we if we want to practice this Thursday, I'll practice next Thursday. But practice is from four to five on Thursdays, and um, you're welcome to come. If you can, if your wife will let me. Uh, is James married now? Uh, he's not married, no. Okay. He's planning, to get, he's planning to get married, right? Yeah, I think that's in his plans. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah if you guys can get JJ on there and stuff like that. But I do got some sad news to tell you guys. And, and I know hope you don't get mad at me. I asked my mom, can I come and talk to him on the show? 
And she says, I can't. Well, you know, we, we always like to respect what, what moms have to say. And so we, we don't want to get in trouble with your mom if, if she says you can't come down. Yeah, I wish I, wish I could. And Maybe and, one day. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, maybe someday if you guys are at the basketball game, maybe I can sit down with you guys and maybe at halftime or something like that, I can sit down and talk. Yeah. Uh, if... if uh, if you guys can give me a pass and talk to the event staff or something like that, uh, we'll have to see what we can do. And I might—I I know they're trying to do a job, and they might say yes, they might say no. But I'm just saying, if you guys can get me a pass or something like that, like I said, I'll probably do it halftime. I have to let you guys probably I talk to my mom and dad. Yeah. I, and but I would like—I would like to talk halftime and stuff like that, and um. And so, so, but I know uh, my time's up. Like I said, I'm tired from bowling sure. and and stuff. But 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 if you guys see Ryan, if you guys talk to him, tell him to help him and JJ have a safe trip back. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you guys talk to Christian Page, tell him I said, hey, and Warrior's gonna tell it. And tell Christian Page to tell his mom that Matt said hi. His mom knows. Me and my dad, yeah. she took care of my grandma before, and and so so. But you guys have a good day, and Tom, try to get your girlfriend to come on the show sometime and behave. All right. If you guys talk to Cam, tell him I said hey. We sure will. All right, and uh, don't forget to give James a message if he calls. All right, we'll we'll try to remember. And and, and tell Sean if he calls, he's fired. Okay. All right, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. That was Matt from Tallahassee from... Casita for Auburn joining us on the the orthopedic clinic phone line. More of your calls on the phone line right after this. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Sports Call Podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to that on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ice Cold Coca-Cola. Going along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. I'm Brooks Childress. Tom Peavy. Brant Daughtry. Hi. Joining me on this Monday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy out it today. It is only Monday, isn't it? It is Monday, yeah. Feels a lot later than that, doesn't it? <laughs> later in the week. Oh, I boy. am. I've already introduced myself. I'm Brooks Shoulder, sitting in for Ryan LaVoy. He's out Do for the next again. couple you're, days. You're, you're the host. You're on the head mic. You can introduce yourself as many times as you want. Want to remind What's him? your name? <laughs> what is the name? 
Isn't that Shakespeare or something? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I want to remind everybody that tomorrow we'll have a two-hour show. We'll start at 3 o'clock and around 5 o'clock due to Smith Station basketball being on the air uh, at 5. And that's where I'll tell everybody my name a couple times. Yeah, he will. Uh, T.P. Hammock will be with him. I'll be in studio running things for that broadcast. That's why we're getting off the air at 5 o'clock. Uh, and so want to make sure that everybody knows that. Only a two-hour edition of Sports Call tomorrow let's move on and go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line let's uh take a trip down south and it is ward damn steve retired ward damn steve joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line steve how are you doing this afternoon good afternoon gentlemen thanks for uh, taking my phone call um it's uh you must book shoulders tom and brett that's right well let's unpack my outrage <laughs> let's unpack it the weekend it's sports weekend can we unpack it let's open go up that it. suitcase Okay, this is day one of unpacking. All right. Okay, in the spirit of the uh, festive season, which we are now into, uh, the first thing that we do is, uh, in Jerry Stiller's words, the late Jerry Stiller, uh, we uh, air our grievances. That's right, the airing of grievances. That's right. So I got a lot of problems with (laughs) the damn committee. (laughs) You and a lot of other people. Okay, and you're going to hear about them. So let's get to it, guys, because we can't change it. But I welcome, I mean, I genuinely am welcoming rebuttals, apologetics from the Alabama people. All right. Luke, talking to you, man. Anthony, talking to you, my friend. And Keith, or anybody else who's uh, Alabama listener, they can call in as well. All right, so here we go. And I read some articles, some were extremely well written. And I would definitely uh, recommend them to you guys if you haven't come across them. One is by a sports columnist by the name of David Hale, ESPN staff writer. Have you read his article or his column yet? I have not seen it. It is outstanding. And I'm going to take some bullets for, from his. But uh, the area agrees with guys. You know, last week, um, I think it was Friday or Thursday, I had spoken with Ryan when he was on, on the show. And I asked him, you know, because my scenario was that either – both teams, Georgia, all the players get diarrhea so they can cancel and forfeit the game. Or what would it, what would need to happen? I asked Ryan for neither Alabama or Georgia to go to the playoffs and make it right. And what did Ryan come up with? Here's what he said: Alabama would need to beat Georgia, mm-hmm. and Florida State would need to win the championship game of their conference. And that's what would need to happen. I said, well, let's go for it. I even, by the way, and uh, I'm no longer going to say my bold prediction or write it down because <laughs> they didn't come true by a long shot. Because I said that what? That uh, Louisville was going to upset yeah. Florida State, right? Yeah. And that, uh, what was my other uh, write it down? Uh, wasn't uh, it, uh, it was Oregon was going to beat Washington by two yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, that's right. Right. And so do not. Nostradamus is not my nickname, okay? <laughs> so, uh, in fact, that's why I quit betting. All right, so those things happened, and yet the outcome was not the one that Ryan and I thought would be the outcome. You're right. Now, why is that? Well, I listened. Uh, in fact, I even recorded, and I watched it live to Boo. Is that his name? His first name was Boo, I think. Yeah, it? Boo, uh, Boo Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Yeah, Boo on him. Uh, and heard his explanation. And, uh, guys... I, the level of hypocrisy and the pretzel logic that was used by Boo, uh, to me, I was stunned by it. 
Now I'll tell you what I was stunned, why I was stunned. Okay, first, um, and I agree with you, Tom, they apparently, uh, and this is some of the bullets from uh, uh, Mr. Hale's uh, comments, made the uh, decision about Florida State versus Bama based on the 57 yards of passing. He said that, by the way. I don't know if you guys caught that. Uh, that was so woeful, um, passing yards against Louisville by the uh, freshman quarterback. Now, if you're going to do that, then here are the other stats they apparently the committee ignored. And shame on them because, guys, some of those people, from what he said, were former coaches, right? Yeah. On that committee. Okay, so how come they conveniently ignored these stats? The defense for Florida State had seven sacks, 14 tackles for loss, 10 passes that were defended, and the offense had 189 yards, rushing yards against Louisville's stacked box. And, oh, by the way, Alabama listeners, they had a 10-point win over a top-15 team with a freshman quarterback making his first career start. Hmm. Now, if anything, guys, and I've never been a coach in my life, but I thought they would at least thought this, guys, that, wow, what an accomplishment for a team that lost not only their starting quarterback, but also their backup quarterback as well, and had a freshman come in and still not only beat Vegas' point spread, but actually beat Alabama's point spread of uh, beating uh, Georgia by, what, by 10 points. Alabama won by, what, a field goal, three points. Uh, oh, by the way, let's, let's, I guess we ignore that Alabama barely won by a field goal over a woeful, I'm saying I'm an Auburn fan, right, by a woeful 6-6 six and six Auburn team that had no business, according to Vegas, being in the ball game. Now, let's go to more of their, what I call pretzel logic, uh, and really it's a sham uh, of calling themselves a playoff committee. They completely had, uh, I guess, what, uh, misinformed us or deceived us or what? When they said that every week, in fact, a Kurt Herb Street, and I think uh, uh, Reese Davis said this, every week they start with a blank slate. They start from scratch. I think that's what they said, right? Yeah. When they do those rankings. Well, then what explains, committee, because I, I, I tell right to straight in the face, that you continue keeping Florida State in the top four, knowing already that their starter was already out for the season, and that their backup quarterback was not going to be able to play in the championship game. But they kept them in the top four. Did they not, guys? They did. They did, didn't they? But yet when it came to deciding over Alabama Florida State, what did they decide? Gee, well, we don't know if this matchup is really good, having Florida State play whoever they, they were going to play, I guess, Michigan, right? Uh, so I didn't know that that was part of the committee's um, criteria to make prognostications of future matchups. Well, where, where, where's my thinking flawed here, guys? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it is. Uh, I think that you, you look at it and it's, you know, when all the criteria that was there uh, that they, they let into, it, it was Florida State should have been in. Now, the, the thing is, is, you know, you brought it up. They they made the determination on the fact that they had the little the clause in their 
their criteria that said if they uh, they can reevaluate if a, a team loses a top player. Um, and so the you know the thing is is you're like all right fine you can reevaluate but the fact that they had them in the top four going into that without that top player already have played the last two weeks is yeah, is kind of surprise was it yeah it was not surprising that all of a sudden their starter was out couldn't play or yeah. the backup couldn't play they knew that if if you but know, they that, kept Florida State in the final week before the championship weekend they kept in the top four I'm gonna say let let's say Jordan Travis gets hurt in the ACC title game and they you know go on to win it they're like oh well. You know, now we can reevaluate. They they still add them in the top four, even though they knew they were going into a, a game that you know, and and maybe at the beginning of the week you didn't know that the the secondary quarterback, the second string quarterback, was not going to be able to play. But you could also look at that and say, well, now he's got a month to get get uh, get healthy going into that Michigan game. Right now, let's turn it around, Alabama listeners. Let's say that this scenario involved Alabama. Steve, are you there? Oh, yeah, there let's he is. say Milro, Milro for Alabama, he gets hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say right after the uh, the, uh, the Auburn uh, the Iron Bowl game. All right, so now he's not available. Uh, Alabama has to go with their backup quarterback, and he doesn't do too. Would the selection committee rule the same way, guys? Uh, I mean, you would hope so, you, because this is how they ruled at Florida with Florida State. You would hope that they they would rule the same way, but you know, you just uh, you don't know what what uh, is in their minds. But you would you would assume that if it was turned around, it would be the same uh, same same way. Well, I have some skepticism that they would rule in the same direction. Now, why do I have that? Because we have some other interesting stats here about Florida State and the other. Uh, teams who made it to the playoffs. And this comes from uh, Mr. Hale's uh, column, by the way. Uh, here's some interesting uh, uh, things here. Uh, since Travis got hurt in Week 12 against North Alabama, he said the Florida Seminoles have thrown for just eight fewer yards than Michigan in that same stretch. That's there was no debate about that with, with Michigan, was there? Nope. Why not? Because Michigan's had a, a pretty anemic offense for most of the year. That's just how they've won their games. That's and, and I, I, Thank you. Thank you, Brent. Well, then that was the, 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 that was the, the hit that they gave the Florida State, though. That oh, yeah, only, absolutely. They, they only went for 55 yards passing. That was anemic, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right, so if you're going to be consistent, which they're not, then why is it a, a hit on Florida State for their anemic offense with a freshman quarterback? But then you've got Michigan, who doesn't have a freshman quarterback, and yet they were just as anemic, yeah. if not worse. Yeah, Ron, yeah that's, Ron, Ron, the, Ron, the, the answer to your question is because they wanted to. I mean, yeah, that's, that's right. it. Because they wanted to. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Because they wanted a certain damn matchup for what? For ratings. I think they wanted an SEC school in there, whether it be Alabama or Georgia. I think they were damn near determined they were going to put an SEC team in there. Well, Jeff, if you're listening, uh, and I dislike your team, okay, uh, but your team got slighted. Because the entire damn year, you were number one for the most part, weren't you? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And guess what they did to them? They put Georgia underneath Florida State. Yeah. Right? That's exactly. State was never number one the entire season, were they? No. Wow. And if we really want to go to how in the world did you come up with this damn matchup, Oregon is playing who? Undefeated? Who? 
the Liberty Flames. Yep. Not SNU playing Liberty. Yeah. Right. Because they won and all their games. That that was what. That was what. Uh, that's what they said. Is that well, Liberty won all of their games and SMU didn't. So that's why Liberty gets rewarded. And yet, it, Liberty played no damn Power Five teams whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, they played a very weak schedule as, I, they, I have, think, as they have for several years. I now. think the big thing there is when you look at that is that in the last playoff ranking before this week, you had Liberty already ranked and you didn't have SMU there. And, you know, they don't do the whole receiving votes thing like the AP okay, poll does. Excuse me. I thought SMU was number 24. Are they, are they, this, they are this week, right? Yes. Well, they, they it was after, but last week, Liberty was in their rankings before this whole championship week. And SMU was not in the, in the rankings? SMU was not in those rankings. Okay. Well, let's go to the real sham. Oregon, who lost twice, unfortunately, by three points, twice, interestingly enough, uh, to one of the playoff teams at Washington, gets to play who? Not Arizona, who they're ranked above, but they get to play Liberty. Wow. How motivated is Oregon going to be to play that team? And let's look at who is Arizona playing, guys, who is ranked lower than Oregon. They get to play Oklahoma, who's ranked number 12. How does that matchup come up, guys? Give me the math on that matchup, instead uh, of Oregon being one of those teams. Being, being one, of the, one of the teams that played against Oklahoma? Right. Why shouldn't Oregon be playing Oklahoma? Why Why shouldn't they be playing Oklahoma? And they're why why they're playing Liberty instead? Why playing instead of playing Liberty, who's all the way down? Well, because Liberty is the the highest ranked Group of Five team now, and so they right. they get the they get the New Year Six game. And Oregon, because they were ranked in the top ten all year, and they you know they made it to their conference championship game, gets a New Year Six game. And so that's how they 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 drew it up is is that they put. Oregon versus uh, Liberty in that New Year Six game. Uh, Arizona and Oklahoma, who are both ranked teams, they did not make a New Year Six game, so they're playing in what is it, the Alamo Bowl? But they get the better matchups, is what I'm saying. The ones that, gee, uh, who who in the world wants to really watch Oregon play Liberty? Except if you're a Liberty graduate, you're Oregon. an Oregon graduate. Uh, I mean, you know that—that's the thing. Is is some of the New Year Six games it, that it's a—it's supposed to be a reward for that. I'm that probably going to watch team. that game. I mean, it, it's, it, I, I think that's a fun game. But I it, think Oregon will win, but yeah. I still think it'll be entertaining. But it, it's—I oh, don't know if they will because I've already heard. I saw a video uh, from uh, Bo Nix. He says he's not sure he's going to be playing. Oh no, he—he he announced or yesterday it came out that he was going to be playing. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I think with a backup quarterback, Oregon could still probably beat Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, getting back to Florida State, I've been reading some, some boards, guys, uh, and I don't know how Jim they are, that, uh, in fact, I even saw, I think, an article from some sports, like maybe Yahoo Sports, that uh, apparently the university or, or the athletic department is considering uh, possible filing a lawsuit. I saw that the uh, the, the uh, state, either the state senate or the uh, the representative for the state of Florida, Rick Scott, uh, is sending a a letter or something to the college football playoff committee. Yeah, I think Ron DeSantis has said he's doing something as well. Now, guys, nothing will come uh, of this as it yeah, so always say, does. I mean, be, nothing nothing's going to change, but people well, will make noise about it. Uh, who has any oversight if they thought was self-governing for this committee? 
the, the playoff committee. The the playoff committee is is uh, in the college football playoff were put together by the uh, by the conference commissioners. So the NCAA, if, uh, I don't know if you ever noticed the NCAA commercials, they never show the college football playoff. Uh, in in there they show the fcs playoff they'll show like north dakota state or or montana state but it is not a uh it is not an ncaa uh governed event uh as, as it were it's a college football playoff committee which is put together from the college football or the the conference commissioners are are kind of the governing bodies there okay and so the people that are on the committee are chosen by the Conference commissioners? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure how the they're they're chosen. It's I think it's uh, there's certain dark, number dark of, shadowy figures <laughs> in the night make the choices. Yeah, it, it's it, I'm just you know I'm getting to my yeah. bottom line is who the heck can shame these people or get their attention and say hey what the hell did you guys do this for? The the thing is is they they that's uh, I think that's a probably a big thing is they know they didn't ha- they they had this clause where you Who's had accountable to. They're they're uh, they're accountable to the powers that be in the the conferences. I I, I would guess. Um, but the thing is, the, is the things that go bump in the night. Yeah. The, <laughs> the thing is, and, and Steve, we only got about thirty seconds left before we have to hit this break. But the thing is, is they don't. The the answer to this is they had that clause where they they got to knock Florida State out because of an injured player, and they know they're going to twelve team playoff next year, so there's not repercussions. Well, tell that to the players. <laughs> yeah. And you know, guys, if if I were in charge of this nonsense, you know what I'd require uh, in the future of uh, the committee members? You don't get to be anonymous or tell the public on ESPN who gets left out. Instead, you will be required to tell each coach of that team that they are left out and why they're left out. Yeah. That makes it a bit more personal. Yeah. You know, I would love to see Boo go to and tell the Florida State uh, coach and the players, you guys got left out because of that to me requires a lot more you know, uh, accountability yeah. and uh, 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 a lot more uh, courage, right? Absolutely. And, and finally, guys, all my time is up. You know, when I saw this, I said, this is, this is just heartbreaking. Jordan Travis texted the following, I guess on Instagram. He said, I wish my leg had broken earlier in the season so y'all could see this team as much more than the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13-0 and his, his roster matches up across any team in those top four rankings. I'm so sorry that I broke my damn leg. Go Knowles. Yeah, that's tough. That someone has to say that to the committee. I, I wish you would have said it to their to their faces like you were saying. Unbelievable. Guys, this is day one. I'm not through with my grievances. What the world, holy crap, were we doing losing to damn Appalachian State? Yep. To continue. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your letting me whine and complain. It goes nowhere, I know that. But I'm I'm really looking forward to the Alabama rebuttals and apologetics. With that said, y'all have a safe afternoon, and we'll do this again tomorrow if y'all let me. Absolutely. Until then, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. That was retired War Damn Steve joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. App State's a really good team. They have one of the best environments in all of sports, regardless of what sport they're playing in. I don't 
I don't know. I'm not too outraged about it. We end. That's my that's my rebuttal since we, I'm not going to be on the show. And Auburn couldn't hit a three-pointer. And Auburn just couldn't hit a three-pointer. Got to make the ball go in the hole. We end the second hour on that note. When we come back, more of your phone calls here on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. James from Montgomery and Daryl from Auburn have been holding on. We'll get to y'all right after this. You're listening to Sports Call. Two hours in the books, and we continue next. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call on this Monday starts right now. I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, TP. I did it again. You Tom Peavy. Man, what is wrong with you? I don't know. There's a whole lot wrong with him. That's why it's you're Monday. the back. That's why you're the It's backup. the bullpen. I'm not having a good day. <laughs> I've gave, given up a couple base hits. i got to get out of the gym. You're the backup, and so that's yeah. why we're, we're yeah. not getting into the playoffs because you suck. Brooks Rodemaker. <laughs> <laughs> I only have 50-something yards passing. That's why we're not getting into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the, Tom gra- Peavy, the ground game is strong between me and Tom, though. The defense is strong on that side. You're you're on that am side. I, of the am line. I defense? I thought we were ground game. No, y'all are on the defensive side of the line. Like if we're going. Okay, you're right. Sides, we're facing. Yeah. yeah, y'all are defense. Tom and I are you're lining up next to each other. You're lining up there. across from us. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the neutral zone is the board. Yes, right. Don't cross it. Remember, soft sides. Oh, there it is. Ten yard penalty. Uh, anyway, I'm Brooks Shoulders. Tom Peavy. You can't see what's happening right now, but I'm being very annoying. Brent Daughtry also joining me here Anytime today. Brooks hosts the show, I just turn into a little gremlin. Yeah, I know. It's it's. I see the respect <laughs> you give Ryan every single day. Yeah. And there's just nothing for me. Correct. And I've still been here longer than You're you. You're exactly and technically, right. technically, I'm still higher ranking in the company than you. <laughs> That's true. Because I'm several directors here. <laughs> But you're not mine. And there's nothing. You're not my director. I get director. nothing from you. you <laughs> I get nothing. I, I give what I get. I give what I get. Some days I walk into the <laughs> office, just take you inside baseball, folks. I'm met with hostility. Like <laughs> they're, they're, Okay, you say that. Any, like You and I usually arrive around the same time every yeah. day, so whoever gets here first kind of sets up in their cubicle. The other one walks in and is just immediately like, hey, loser. I, I didn't say anything like that today, and no, I bet no, tomorrow you you I'll be met it. with hostility. Yeah, if, so it, well, if not, if you get here first, I mean, tr- I mean, there's still a chance. There's still a <laughs> I chance. I make I make arrive second, and still just like. <sighs> 
It's, I don't it's, know. I'll, I'll come up hostile. with something creative to say, and I'm not going to say it on the show. All right. Cool. Uh, anyway. You'll, you'll be surprised. One more hour of sports call here on this Monday. <laughs> when we try to make it through uh, a, a very busy Monday. A lot of your phone calls. We'll get back to the orthopedic clinic phone line in just a second. But first, we got the uh, sports call five at five brought to you by our friends at Southeastern Land Group. Uh, check them out at selandgroup.com. Uh, today's sports call five at five. I'm going to run through and list out the five bowl games that SEC teams will be uh, participating in that are not the New Year's Six games slash playoff games. So let's start off with number one. Number one, Texas A&M Aggies punched their ticket into the Tax Act Texas Bowl uh, on December 27th against Oklahoma State. Uh, should be a really, really fun game down there. I know Auburn was uh, projected for some time to be going to the Tex Act Texas Bowl, but ultimately Texas A&M gets a, a pseudo home game down there in Houston. They're like an hour and a half from Houston. Uh, and so that is going to be on December 27th. Then Number two. Number two, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl down in Jacksonville, Kentucky takes on Clemson. That's a really, really fun matchup there on December 29th at 11 a.m. Central Time uh, between those two teams. Clemson's a team that was kind of shaky this year. Uh, Kentucky started things off uh, fairly well, ran into Georgia, and they weren't the same after that. Uh, but they ended up upsetting Louisville to end their year. And so uh, Kentucky and the Clemson program do battle in Jacksonville uh, on the 29th of December. And then it's the... Number three. The Transperfect Music City Bowl. Brent, do you ever figure out what a Transperfect is? No, I tweeted about it. I said, I don't know what a Transperfect is. <laughs> and I, don't, like I a, don't know what that company does. I, I thought it, And I never looked it up. I'm going to do it now. I think it's something that does, does with like uh, translation for, uh, I, I wouldn't say like maybe deaf or... It's okay. Like, or, or maybe not deaf. <laughs> maybe it's just like translation. Maybe it's translation. Foreign la- fan, uh, like foreign language uh-huh. translation apps or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's 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 translations All right. is what it is, basically. They're, they they yeah. like develop apps. Well, TransPerfect sponsors the Music City Bowl, which Auburn will be playing in against, not Wisconsin. The Hallelujah. Mar- the not Mar- Northwestern. Not Northwestern. Hallelujah. It is the, the Turtles of Maryland. Maryland Terrapins turtles. in Auburn, December 30th at I, 1 o'clock. I like turtles. I like turtles. Um, I need that button somewhere on here. Uh, but <laughs> the it, last time Auburn played them, Boomer Esiason was Maryland's really how about that? Interesting. Nineteen eighty three. I I would not have been able to pull that out. Uh, so Auburn takes on uh, Maryland. We'll have a lot of uh, in depth discussion about this game as the month goes on, heading toward that December thirtieth date in Nashville. Then it is number four. Number four is the Lorelia Quest Bowl. If you're unfamiliar with that, that is what used to be the Outback Bowl. LSU takes on Wisconsin January 1st at 11 a.m. Central Time. That, that game feels like it's going to be just gross. That, I don't know why, but I feel like that game's going to be ugly. I'm I'm anticipating any day now Jaden Daniels saying he's not going to play it and it's just going to ruin oh, yeah. my, my time viewing it. Uh, but LSU, Wisconsin, and the Relia Quest Bowl down in Tampa. Then number five. Number five also at... Uh, on January 1st at noon Central Time, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, Tennessee and Iowa. Talk about a football game. (laughs) (laughs) Any any game with Iowa is going to have an over-under that's under 30. That's right. And so hopefully uh, the Tennessee Volunteers can make quick work of them and uh, we don't have to watch that game too much, too long 
on January 1st. But those are your bowl games that Auburn, that uh, SEC teams will be taking inv- or ta- taking part in. Uh, Texas Bowl, Gator Bowl, Music City Bowl, ReliQuest Bowl, and Citrus Bowl uh, featuring Texas A&M, Kentucky, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee out of the SEC. And that is your Sports Call 5 at 5, brought to you by our friends at Southeastern Land Group. Let's go back now to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line at 334-887-34 and locally toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We'll start things off this hour in Auburn with... Daryl from Auburn. Daryl joining us. Daryl, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine. How are you guys doing? Doing great. What's on your mind? Well, uh, Mr. Daughtry was able to give me two women's basketball tickets I called uh, for Clemson. Excellent. Were you able to go? Yes, sir. Excellent. Um, and then uh, I just went by myself, and then uh, I, this call is not response to what Matt said, you know. And then I had two tickets, and I gave one ticket to the ticket to uh, the event staff. And okay. Then the, and they and I said, well, you know, if somebody doesn't have a ticket, uh, here's the next one. And then uh, a event staffer that has more experience than the person I talked to, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, we can't do that. And I was like, well, I understand. Yeah, you know, and then uh, the, the, I worked for event staffing five years ago, uh-huh. and and it gave me an opportunity to go to the Auburn Alabama game football. Mm-hmm. This is after a construction accident, and then, and then uh, the first four games of the basketball season, you know, and yeah, uh, I was able to talk to the event supervisor, and then I got some contact information, and I I may uh, start doing that just as a little part time gig. Okay. But um, I I enjoyed the the games I went and worked. You know, you sort of get sort of like going to a rock and roll concert. You you see there for the band gets there, what's involved with the setup, oh, and yeah. then the event itself, and then you know as the roadies are packing all the gear up, and then everybody's sweeping up all the popcorn boxes. You know, yeah, uh, it's it, it's a great event. You know, and I wasn't gonna respond to what Matt said. You know, he, but you know, in response, you know. He, he probably should have sought out a, a supervisor with the company, you know. Sure. It, it is what it is. But, um, and then in, um, on a personal note, I had a great weekend. I went to a charity auction. Okay. And it's one of those things where you split the pot with the charity. Yeah. And then I won 350 bucks. Wow. The charity got 350 <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, It's been a great weekend. Uh, things are sort of slowing down at the downtown grocery store I work at, but I'm taking this opportunity to go some Christmas shopping, and then I'll be listening to you guys every day. Well, awesome. That'd be great. Well, congratulations on winning that money. I'm sure that's going to help with the holidays. It is. Uh, it'll help with, um, you know, my three daughters, you yeah. know. Well, it, we'll, they all growed up, but uh, I still get them stuff, you know. But anyway, I just appreciate those basketball tickets. I just got to be a, kind of an introvert with all this work and stuff, mm-hmm. having to get up early, and it gave me an opportunity to get out and um see some social science and uh the ti- lady tigers are looking great you know yeah they, and then they played some good basketball go game i me and brant were both there uh in a in work in the media capacity okay well it wasn't a well-attended game but you know it's in between quarters not between quarters the students are winding down <laughs> you know but uh anyway maybe I, maybe i'll see you at an event staff and then with the holidays i'm able to listen to you guys on the sports call well awesome that'd be great and you keep listening maybe you'll uh, get a chance to win some more women's basketball tickets here well yeah i might or maybe i'll get that little part-time gig and make 12 bucks an hour uh watching it that's true 
Okay. We'll see you guys later. All right. Thanks so much for the call, Daryl. You're good. That was Daryl from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-34 and locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We go back to that Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We go up to Alex City now, and it is... Luke from Alex City. Luke is joining us now. Luke, how are you doing on this Monday? Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing great. How are you? Uh, Doing great. You know, um, since Steve called in and and called everybody out, I figured I'd better call back. (laughs) Look, here's the thing. It's not a travesty, no matter what happened. Um, if Georgia had gotten in and Alabama had been left out, or or um, FSU had gotten in and, and Georgia and Alabama are left out, there was a lot to choose from here. And in the end, there's four slots and there were probably seven viable teams. Mm. And look, it's, it's, I can certainly buy the argument FSU should be in. I get that. I mean, it makes sense. Um, but it also makes sense for Alabama. And when you stack the three together, it depends on what you emphasize. Um, if you look at FSU's uh, record, their best win, their best win is LSU. That's Alabama's third best win. Um, LSU finished third in the SEC West. And I appreciate Florida State for scheduling them. I think that counts for something. Um, I would also say their conference let them down a little bit. I mean, Clemson won very good. They didn't help them out. Um, North Carolina certainly uh, didn't. I mean, if North Carolina had maybe been able to win a little bit more and get in that championship game, that would have been a more entertaining game. Louisville losing to Kentucky the week before certainly mm-hmm. hurt a lot. And, of course, the injury does factor in. I mean, people don't like to hear it. And, you know, you can always tell the story about Tom Brady or whatever, but you want to, that's fine. And I would also say TCU last year didn't have them out, even though they beat Michigan. Um, TCU didn't beat 65-7. to I think everybody's like, and, then, and by the way, Cincinnati two years ago getting destroyed by Alabama, I think that um, it, it was a sign of, hey, we need to quit worrying about, you know, these undefeated teams and just figure out who, who we can get in there is the best. Now, I know the argument to that, too, and, I, and I'm with you, that I think Georgia is one of the four best teams. I think the committee paints themselves in a corner by doing these rankings uh, yeah. during the week. I, I wish that they wouldn't do the rankings until the very end. Because what happens is people get these expectations. Like, how can you drop Florida State? How can you move Alabama up that far? How can Florida State be ahead of Georgia if you think this? And that all makes a lot of sense. If you just had the rankings at the end, I think everybody would probably be okay with it. I mean, I was just watching uh, not the pardon my interruption or whatever, and, and both of them were like, look, yeah, I'd take Alabama. They, it, it, it's hard, and it would go against what I would normally think, but it makes sense. And I think there's a lot of uh, faux outrage out there, frankly, because, look, I, I think Georgia's got a pretty good case, too. I mean, I, I, mean, I certainly don't agree with a lot of things that one of your earlier callers said, but I, I certainly think Georgia's got a case. Um, and if you were doing the four best, I would definitely put Georgia in. Now, the other side of this is uh, Florida State has been on the other side of this. I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but it's not, I mean, I listen to Danny Camell all morning long, whine and moan and complain and, and act like you know somebody ran over his dog. And in 1993, guess what? He played for a national championship, and the team they got in over was West Virginia, who was undefeated. They got over Notre Dame, who had uh, one loss, but Notre Dame had beaten. Uh, Florida State head-to-head that year. Mm. So, I mean, sometimes you just, I mean, people just make a call. 
And here's the other thing. I don't know why there's so much vitriol towards Alabama. Because if Oregon, let's, let's just say, first of all, if Georgia had won, the committee made it very clear it would have been Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Texas. That was going to happen. That's why Texas is number three. And if, if Oregon had won, and Georgia had won, or, or whatever, uh, or let's say, let's say Alabama still wins and Oregon wins, I think it would be Oregon, Bama, Texas, and, uh, and Washington. No, excuse me, not Washington, Michigan. I mean, I, I think that Florida State just wasn't going to get in at this point. So I think the, the anger towards Alabama is a little bit misplaced. Because, again, here's one other thing that nobody's talked about, and it means something, that Florida State's strength of schedule was number 55 in the country. I think there are only 64 Power 5 teams, and Alabama's the fifth. And, again, if you, if you choose Florida State in this scenario, I think if you're Alabama, what you, say, what you do immediately is say, I'm not playing any tough out-of-conference games anymore. Y'all told us scheduling matters. Y'all told us to play tough teams. We played a team that won ahead of us in the college football playoff, and everybody loved to say they lost all double digits. They did, but they had the lead in the fourth quarter. And um, I would say, I'm just not playing any more tough teams. I'm not going to do it. The SEC is tough enough because if Alabama hadn't played Texas, if they had played Miami of Ohio or played North Alabama, and then they would clearly be number one. And so they took a risk. And ironically, uh, in two years, guess where Alabama goes to play? Uh, Florida State. They they play Wisconsin at home and Florida State on the road in the same year, along with their SEC schedule. So if I'm Alabama and Florida State gets it over me, the first thing I do is call Florida State. Says, no, we're not doing that game anymore. This, this is no. This. And as it stands now, that's going to be one of the most anticipated games in 2025. I would say. Yeah. So again, I'm not sitting here. Uh, saying that Alabama 100% should be in, there's no question. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it's close. And sometimes, I mean, it's just like the Heisman vote's going to be close. If Bo Nix didn't have to play in that championship game, Bo Nix would have a much better chance to win this Heisman. Absolutely. But he did play in it. He didn't play very well. And his team lost. So what that means is Jaden Daniels goes from a slight underdog to a monstrous favorite. And it's a zero-sum thing. You, only one player gets the Heisman. Only... Uh, one team is going to get that last slot, and it, it was a very close, uh, very close decision. It's not a travesty either way. I said before the announcement, of, uh, because I, I said this in the social media world, that, look, if Alabama doesn't get in, it's not a travesty. I don't want to hear anybody say this is the worst thing that happened. Alabama clearly deserves it. not a clear. It's a, it's a muddy proposition, and Florida State, yes, they were undefeated. They should be congratulated for that. It wasn't for nothing. They're playing in a fantastic bowl game. And, uh, but it's really, really unfortunate that their quarterback got hurt. I think it's also undeniable to say that quarterback getting hurt changed the landscape of that team when everybody knows quarterback is the most important position in sports. Absolutely. Uh, Luke, before we, uh, before we let you go here, uh, I know that you do a lot of stuff with the AHSA uh, radio network, and we have, the, have the, you guys on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. You have the Super 7 coming up here uh, starting Wednesday with 7A through Friday with the rest of them. Uh, are, are you guys cooking up some good stuff for this week? Oh, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of my favorite times of year. And, I mean, it is a labor of love. I mean, this is not something that you just get paid big bucks to do, I promise you. 
but what it what you do is you get to go to Jordan Air, you get to go this year to Bright Denny or Progressive Field in Birmingham. And what's fantastic, and again, I, I'm not trying to sell anybody on anything, but if you have any interest at all, and if you can take a day off work, I'm telling you, go to this event this week, especially one of the Thursday or Friday sessions where there's three games. And there's nothing like those, especially those 1A and 2A championship games where you know everybody that's in those hometowns is at that game. I mean, if you were a, a burglar, that you you know, and you lived in fight or whatever, that's 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 the time to do all your your Christmas shopping because uh, I mean everybody's going to be there. It's not a packed house, and in fact, it looks kind of small. You know, there's 101,000 available seats, and they probably take up 8,000 of them. Yeah. But it's so awesome; they're all huddled together. Uh, it means so mm-hmm. much. Uh, some a team like Fife that is always there, that's always so incredibly good. Then you got this, you know, this Thompson Central Phoenix City matchup, which is just ridiculous. And probably the best game of all is Sarah Lynn and Clay Chalkville, and that's got Ryan Williams taking on Jalen Mbakwe, uh, Jaquan McCoy, Antonio Coleman. I mean, it, of course, Cam Coleman will be playing for Central Phoenix City. Uh, I mean, it's just a ridiculous amount of talent. And I, I highly encourage it. It is so worth your time, and you will not be disappointed. It, it really is uh, the, the, the essence of football, if you ask me. I mean, the college game, look at the transfer portal day. There are over a thousand people that got in it today, and the NIL is affecting everything. But when it comes to high school football, uh, this is especially those lower classification games. I mean, I love the bigger ones because there's more talent, but those lower classification games, man, that's that's just pure football. It's so much fun. And that uh, that specifically that Fife and Realtown game looks like it could be a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be a blast. I mean, it really is because I mean Realtown. I mean, look. I, first of all, I knew about Fife. They're always there. They're always good. They they expect the championship every year. I mean, they're they're Alabama Georgia of high school football. But uh, Real Town, they will pop you right in the mouth. They they're always a team that fights so hard. Um, really excited about those teams getting there. But like I said, go to any of the sessions. They'll be fun. There's of course a game. There's a flag football playing uh, Wednesday before the seven eight. And I'm not going to it, but it's, it's supposed to be a lot of fun. But, it, you know, obviously, if you go to 7A, that's great. I know Auburn fans and Cam Coleman, they'll love it. Yeah. Um, but also, and I think they've got a defensive back on Thompson committed, too. But uh, that 6A game on Friday night, that's going to be amazing. I mean, two of the best athletes in the state, regardless of classification, and Ryan Williams and Jalen and Bothway, and it's a lot of speed. And last year, in Jordan Hare, Ryan Williams put on an absolute show against Mountain Brook. And I suspect he's going to do the same thing. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the call today, Luke. All right, guys. Appreciate it. That was Luke from Alex City joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's hit our break here uh, for the first time this hour. Had a lot of phone calls today. James Montgomery coming up right after this break as we continue on with Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
Sports Call podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go listen back and listen to that on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, and Brant Daughtry. Join me here this afternoon. we got a couple more segments here, and we'll go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line now at 334-887-34 and locally toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9, and it is... James from Montgomery. James is joining us here this afternoon. James, how are you doing today? I'm good at War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about some bowl games yep. that are really exciting. And to actually add uh, one more bowl game, the Army-Navy uh, bowl game that I'm going to be watching this coming up weekend as well. Not not really a bowl game, but it's a, it's a really fun game between uh, Army and Navy that are played every year. It's cool that they get their own weekend for it, and so uh, it, it's going to be a really exciting game to watch this year. Yes, because I, I love this game, this one. Um, I always watch this game every year in the month of December, and this will be my first time ever watching the Army-Navy game. And I've been watching this game since 2007, so I think Army won't win this game because I have Navy favorite. Uh, I think nine-and-a-half point favorite, and I'm going to just see how Navy is going to actually do as well. Yeah, it's going to be one of the one of the closest Army-Navy games in the last few years, probably. Both of these teams are going to be really competitive this year uh, in, in that game on Saturday. Right. What else you got? Well, I'm actually going to be uh, looking at some other bowl games. I'm going to be looking at um, Auburn and um, I think it's Michigan. Maryland. Maryland. So this one, I would actually have to say these, this game is a historic game between Auburn and Maryland. They've played years before, I think like 1983, 1985, somewhere around in there. So the, this one. The, the last time they played was 1983. Yeah, so this was like, you know, this is going to be a – a uh, classic matchup from that year, but I think this one is going to be like a old school uh, game that that will have that 1983 uh, feel to it as well. And then they're playing in uh, Tennessee, which is going to be really great. I'm hoping the weather would um, work out for Auburn as well. I'm hoping it won't be raining in the forecast or any snow or anything like that because I know that's going to be kind of hard for the Auburn Tigers to actually play in the, in the snow um, environment like Tennessee as well. Yeah, it should be a really, really fun uh, fun environment. Auburn played Purdue at the Music City Bowl a couple years ago and uh, beat Purdue pretty pretty handily. Uh, but it's, uh, it should be a really, really fun game for, uh, between these two schools. What else you got for us? You excited for the, uh, the Camellia Bowl? Yes, I am actually excited for the 10th annual uh, Camellia Bowl that's going to be coming to Montgomery. Alabama on on December the 23rd. This is their 10th year, their 10th year doing the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama for 10 years at the historic Crampton Bowl. So this is going to be a very fun event, and it's going to be really great to see some of these uh, to, to see actually these two teams actually uh, making it making a huge comeback. Um, Arkansas State is making it, I think it's like its eighth or ninth time. Uh, I think it will be like their ninth time going to the Camellia Bowl. And uh, Northwestern, uh, this will be their first time this year uh, making a trip down to Montgomery for the first time as well. So this is going to be a really great uh, time 
uh, to actually, you know, be at home in Montgomery. So tickets are still available, but they're going out fast as well. Yeah, absolutely. Seems like it'll be a great matchup. And, uh, you know, playing a game at Crampton Bowl, it's a nice stadium. So uh, hopefully that'll be a good matchup for sure. What else you got for us today, James? Well, I'm actually going to uh, – there's a great game that's going to be played in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, where the uh, championship uh, USFL team, the Birmingham Stallions, actually play. Troy is actually going to be playing in um, Birmingham as well. So it will be Troy and Duke University for the first time ever. So that will be a really good matchup uh, here up in the Magic City class, uh, the Magic City of Birmingham, Alabama. So that, those tickets are almost sold out as well. Yeah, a really, really fun matchup there. A lot of good bowl games this year. What else you got on your mind today, James? Well, I'm actually very upset that Auburn did not beat uh, Appalachia State, and I'm just going to see how we're going to how we're going to um, how we're going to bounce back from this loss um, this weekend when we play against Indiana State University at home. If if that's a home game for Auburn as well. Well, they're actually playing Indi- just Indiana, not Indiana State. It's Indiana Hoosiers they're playing this weekend, and it's in Atlanta at the uh, Holiday Hoops Giving up at State Farm Arena. So that should be uh it's a it's going to be important for Auburn to bounce back after that App State game, but uh they got they got a chance to do it this weekend. Yes, that's why because I will be watching that game this weekend. I'm thinking that game will be on ESPN yep. or this or the SEC Plus network, so I'm just going to see uh what what uh, station will actually pick that up? I'm I'm hoping it will be on ESPN as well. It, yeah, it's going to be on a, one of the ESPNs, either ESPN or ESPN two on Saturday. Okay, so I'll be watching that game as well and uh, seeing uh, if if Janiah Broom is actually going to going to sweep some some Hoosiers up and, and actually take this game out and uh, sweep some. Sweep some games out from, like, from under them as well. I like that sweep the broom, sweep the sweep the Hoosiers away. I, I like that. That's that's a, that's a good pun there you got, James. Yes, as well. And then I am uh, very excited of uh, hearing of the um, Auburn women's basketball team that came up here to Birmingham and uh, beat UAB. I mean, they really did an amazing job, and um, I didn't see. Um, I didn't see uh, Carson McFinnigan. I don't know if she was if she was out with an injury. I didn't see her play on on over the weekend. I didn't know what what happened to uh, Finnegan as well. Uh, yeah, Carson McFadden. It was only a ten point win, uh, seventy two to sixty two Auburn won. So uh, not really a chance to to get her some action there. It was a kind of a close basketball game to the end. So, uh, but she did play against Clemson. Got a couple minutes against Clemson uh, on on uh, on Thursday last week. So uh, don't think she's hurt, but uh, just couldn't get her into in time uh, for that one. Yeah, so I'm I'm just gonna see how um, how Coach Harris is actually gonna put her in because I know I'm gonna be watching her very closely because I think she's a senior this year. Yeah. So I'm just gonna be watching her very closely and uh, seeing if she's gonna make it to the WNBA finals. I mean the WNBA draft, and I'm seeing if my Dallas Wings might pick her up because I think we do need her as well. So I'm just gonna be watching her as well. Yeah, that would be a uh... Uh, that'd be something. I, I don't know if she's getting a lot of draft love right now, but that would uh, that'd be fun if she was able to uh, to do get picked up in the in, uh, in by the WNBA. Anything else before we have to let you go today, James? Um, the only thing that I'm actually gonna 
touch on is I have Michigan beating Alabama this coming up weekend. So I think Michigan with Jim Harbaugh coming back, I think Michigan is going to take Alabama and, and run them out of town as well. All right, uh, so you think Michigan, then that game's actually not until January 1st when those two teams are going to play, but you think uh, Michigan beats Alabama, though? Yes, and I do have a big, bold prediction for this one. I have Michigan uh, 38 to Alabama 20. All right, 38 to 20 is what you think Michigan beats Alabama by. All right, we'll have to see if that comes true. Well, thank you so much for the call today, James. Is there any trivia you want tomorrow? Um, I will actually have, because with uh, Pearl Harbor weekend, uh, I will have some Pearl Harbor trivia, and I'll take that tomorrow, and I will call you all tomorrow um, if I can. All right. Well, then we'll look forward to talking to you then, all right? All right. Sounds good in War Eagle. War Eagle. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, Let's go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line before we have to hit our next break of the show. And it is going back to Auburn. It is Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joining us on the show today. Anthony, how are we doing on this Monday? I'm doing just dandy on this Monday. I tell you, you know, I promised y'all I would call y'all back, and I'm doing exactly that. Absolutely. Uh, You know you keep your promises. (laughs) You know, we debated all week and and weeks leading up to the – you know, the uh, playoffs, the championship, excuse me, uh, conference championship games and whatnot, who would make it and who might not make it. And, you know, there are a lot of people that feel like Florida State should have made it because they was undefeated. But like I was telling somebody the other, uh, the other day, just because you're undefeated don't always mean you're the best teams. I, I think they got it wrong because they didn't include Georgia Bulldogs along with Alabama. I, I think uh, the Bulldogs should have made it as well. They only had one loss in three years. So and being back-to-back defending uh, big dog champions, uh, I think they should have made it as well. Yeah, I think the biggest problem here is, and I don't think anybody, especially on the show, has a problem with with Alabama making it because uh, they were the conference champions. They only had one loss, and it was to a, a very good Texas team. Uh, I don't think anybody would have had a problem if Georgia uh, had made it in some form or fashion because, like you said, they only had one loss, and it was in the conference championship game. Uh, and the I think the big problem is that it it hadn't happened before that there was that uh, it's always been that a Power Five conference champion had won the had had. Uh, had an uh, undefeated Power Five conference champion had made the playoff, and so I think that's the big uh, what a lot of people have the biggest problem with yeah. is that it it was an undefeated <laughs> Power Five conference champion that missed the playoff. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to jump in, and yeah, the problem yeah, I have it, the the problem I have with it is that you're going you're you're putting teams in there, you're putting who you think are the best four teams off of just pure assumption of what would happen. And I think you start getting into a very dangerous game when you just assume that you know how things are going to shake out. And if you if you just go with the most deserving, then you're not playing assumptions. You're not just assuming that Florida State with a backup quarterback is going to get absolutely destroyed. You have to put them in because they went undefeated. They did what they were supposed to do. Unfortunately, Alabama had a loss. They didn't get in. Unfortunately, now Georgia has a loss. They don't get in. Um I you know I get it I I get the idea of trying to put the four best teams in there but you're you're just completely playing pure speculation when you do that instead of what is legitimately right in front of you when a team is undefeated. Well, you know they went undefeated and whatnot, but if I'm not mistaken, I think the commissioner or whoever was over the thing when he made the announcement uh, trying to defend the decision clearly stated that uh, Florida State's schedule was what 55th compared to Alabama as far as tough uh, strength of schedule. Pat Alabama being uh, fifth and they being fifty fifth, that's fifty spots on down the road somewhere. I mean, I mean, if who they played in the ACC other than the Clemson team? <laughs> well, well, hey, but, but here's the thing, and and if that's the case, then okay, fine. 
but they still had FSU at number four all through the season. I mean, if that if it's a case where they're just not playing anybody worthwhile, then you don't have them ranked that high. Um, I mean, literally what they did is they made that decision because they don't think that FSU can compete at that level with a backup quarterback. But that has been shown to happen. Ohio State won a national title with a backup quarterback. A, th- a third, a string third quarterback. I'm sorry, yeah, a third-string quarterback. There, wait, been, wait, there wait. have been other teams that have done perfectly fine with a backup quarterback. I just I don't feel like you could, you're, you should not punish a team because a guy got injured. And like I said, I get it. If, if their schedule was not up to snuff and this, that, and the other, okay, great. But you had them ranked number four up until the very last week, and you're like, well, I just don't think they're going to get it done with a backup. But you've had them there the entire time. Well, I tell you what, I think Friday, they played Friday night, right? Florida State did. Or what, what is it? Uh, Friday they, night, they played Saturday night. What night was that? It was, they, uh, it, they were the last ones to play. They were Saturday night. Okay, well, I sat there and watched some of that game. There's so many games I watched, I can't remember what night it was. But <laughs> I sat there and watched the first half. And from based on what I saw the first half, they looked awful. I mean, they looked, they looked something worse than what Auburn did when Auburn was uh, – uh, on that losing streak, yeah. Well, I don't think that did him any favors. To be honest well, with you. Well, I know it, it didn't, but the, I know. But this is the other thing, and this is where I have a problem with that. That kid, Brock Glenn, that was the quarterback there. He's not going to be the quarterback when they play later on. He's the third. He's the third stringer. He's not going to be the guy that's playing. The guy that will start for them is the guy that beat Florida in the swamp. Uh, yeah. And the guy that beat North Texas no, or North uh, North Alabama. Now, granted, okay, yeah, it's UNA, big deal. However, this dude Rodemaker went into the swamp and got a win. And so, yeah, they looked terrible with Brock, with Brock Glenn. Yeah. He was awful. He as a true freshman getting thrown out there to the Wolves, he looked terrible. But that's not the guy that's going to be the quarterback when they open the playoffs. It'll be Rodemaker, the guy who has a win in the swamp. Maybe not, but you know, you think about it. When you take a Alabama that beats the number one Georgia, they ain't lost a, a game in three years, a regular season, or whatever it be. Back to back defending champions coming out of that Southeastern Conference, and Southeastern Conference being the bell cow of all college football. Because you think about it, now in the last twenty years, Southeastern Conference have won the national title more than any team in in, yeah, in college right. football history with LSU, Florida Gators, uh, Alabama. Uh, uh, whoever else if I was out in Auburn, and uh, if anybody else I, I, I didn't Georgia? mention, I apologize. I mean, think about it. And there's no other conference can say that. And in the last 30 years, you got Tennessee in there. Uh, I mean, you throw them in there, too. So, I mean, you know, think about it. All no. that time, the South Conference keep on pounding and pounding and pounding. I'm going to do you one better, gentlemen. You got Oklahoma and Texas coming into the conference next year, so you can go ahead and throw their stats on in there too. So basically, this year not only do you have Alabama, but you got uh, Texas. So you might as well say you got two Southeastern Conference bell cow teams will be in this year's playoff. If you want, to. I mean, you might as well go ahead and say that. <laughs> if not, I mean, can you can you not say that? Yeah, and Georgia would have made three. Well, and so, so the you know again, I'm going to go back to what I said. I I have yeah. no problem with Alabama being in there. They won the SEC right. championship. Uh, right. and, and very decidedly won it over Georgia, who, again, yes, right. is the two-time. I don't have a problem with that. However, I feel like that because they did have a loss, I get it, it was very early in the season, but you had a loss, right. so and the other people ahead of you did not. And so you're jumping a team with a loss ahead of a team that did everything that they were supposed to do. Even after an injury, they still kept winning, did everything they were supposed to do, and originally – the whole thing with this four is, even the committee even it said it, win and you're in. Okay? Win and you're in. Well, that's what Florida State did, and guess what? They're not in. 
Um, well, I mean, but but I, but again, I agree. For, as far yeah. as as far as like a person that just loves football and want to see good games, right. I I think Bama versus Michigan is going to be a hell of a lot more entertaining game than than Florida State versus Michigan. I think Michigan would absolutely beat the crap out of Florida State. I don't think for a second that Michigan is going to beat the crap out of Alabama or Alabama is going to beat the crap out of them. I think it would be very interesting game, a lot more interesting. Brant shaking his head no. Um, I, I, just, I, I think that Florida State's defense is way too good for Michigan to blow them out. I think, I think it would oh, yeah. be a very ugly game, <laughs> but I think it would be close. Fair enough. Well, you know, we just ran we ran out of spots. You know, we only got four spots. Well, and that's and that's why they're going to twelve next year. We won't have to be worrying about this. And then I guess when we hit twelve, they'd be arguing again at uh, their thirteenth team. Uh, well, we're having the, some kind of uh, <laughs> argument or whatnot. Well, by the time, by the, yeah, I mean, there's all just like in basketball, the people that get snubbed and have to go to the NIT. They, but uh, as somebody mentioned, it, it'll be talked about for like a day. And then it'll disappear, kind of like that. Once you get snubbed, uh, I I don't think I can't think of anybody uh, or an argument in the NCAA basketball tournament that there was a snub that like went on for months that we're just like I can't believe that team didn't get in. That's what's going to happen when you go to twelve. Yes, whoever is thirteen and whoever is fourteen, there's going to be a there's going to be a gripe there. But by the time you get that far down, it's usually kind of weeded itself out and figured itself out, and so. Yeah, somebody's going to be upset that they didn't get that 12th spot, but you'll talk about it for maybe 24 hours, if that, and then it'll disappear, and then you go on with your 12. But when you just got four, you're talking leaving out legit national title contending teams that now don't get a chance to, to, go, to, to go to hallelujah land, as you say. I mean, it's a tough spot to be in to get left out like that. I mean, you know, it put a bad taste in the, everyone's mouth when you was told if you just win and all you had to do and it didn't work out that way. But, you know, I guess when we go to 12 next year, we'll see how that works out. And I guess at some point they had to expand to 16 because uh, 12 probably not going to be enough for some people. So 16 would be probably the most logical way to go. And I think you can probably pretty much cap it off at 16 teams after that, and then I guess you had to have an NIT tournament for another 16 teams to, to take care of those people as well. Uh, I don't know. It, it feels like 12 it could be a, re- a really good number for the, for the playoff. Well, right now, if you look at the top 12 ranked teams in the country, if I'm not mistaken, Ole Miss is, is somewhere in that. Number nine? Uh, yeah, yeah, and so is Missouri. Okay, so both of those t- teams would have made it also. Georgia, Missouri, Ole Miss, Alabama. That's right. And then and then if you throw in the uh, Texas or whatnot that we were waiting to come in next year, they'd be there. And, and I mean, so we'll see how all that works out and, sh- and shapes up. But, you know, so much money to be made. I'm almost certain that 16 will be ca- come calling sooner or later just because of money, uh, you know, being thrown on the table. We'll see, guys. But I appreciate the time, and I'll talk to you all later. All right. Thanks so much for that call today, Anthony. That's Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Only have a couple minutes left uh, before we have to get out of here. And so we won't have a chance to do uh, our best and worst for the weekend this afternoon. Can I do mine quickly? Can I do my best quickly? Because it's, it, it's kind of a cool thing. Give me your best. Um, I've, a- I've outlined my high school football exploits uh, as from my days back at Perry High School uh-huh. in, from 2013 to 2017. Um, my senior year, we went 3-7, and seven, and that was the best year that Perry had while I was a student there. So obviously not the best program, uh, not not a whole lot of success during during my tenure. Uh, last Friday, 
Perry High School won the GHSA 4A semifinal game okay. to get nice. a chance to go play for the state championship. Um, they will play that game on Tuesday. I think they're playing Stockbridge, I think is the name of the school. But either way, uh, to see Perry as far as they've come in the last uh, six years or so uh, to where they are now uh, playing for a state championship next uh, a week from tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be in attendance in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, so uh, really looking forward to that as that, well. So congratulations to Perry High School and my alma mater, and I think that's really cool. That's awesome, and that is a – you know what? I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to make the executive decision. That's all of our bests for the weekend. Heck because, yeah, man. Because Look that's, at us. That's, you know, that's, because we don't have time to do anything yeah, else. So. Right, <laughs> right, and I'm okay with that. We do have win, time, though. Win by default. <laughs> we do have time for our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, <laughs> but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. We have time for this because Brooks makes it. Well, it's also sponsored by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Uh, TV guide tonight, two movie picks for you. Uh, Airplane is on at 7 o'clock on oh. Flicks. Don't call me Shirley. That's right. No. Uh, thank, I'm fine. We have someone in here that's watched Airplane, Tom. It's we, about darn time. We we had for years JJ. Airplane's fantastic. Would it's a great not movie. watch it. Uh, two uh, holiday movie picks for you. Six o'clock on AMC. It's the Polar Express, so you could be just like the Arkansas football team. Uh, then also <laughs> eight o'clock on AMC. It's Elf. Uh, and then Sam got, Pittman still has a job. <laughs> that's right. Uh, then later on tonight, you got some NBA action for you. The Celtics. And the Pacers do battle. Uh, follow that up by the Pelicans and the Kings. And then Monday Night Football features the Bengals and the Jaguars. And that is your Nightly TV Guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brant, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'll see you. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. People can listen to you on Smith Station Basketball. That's true. Going on in about uh, 4.50. Uh, Tom, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you for two hours right here tomorrow. I, I'll be here. And I will be here in filling in for Ryan LaVoy, and we will have a two-hour edition of Sports Call at 3 o'clock. For Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, and everybody that tuned in and called in, thank you so much. We will talk to you again tomorrow.